Everybody, well, it is Thursday night in the uh, non-Eastern time zones, almost Friday in the <clears> East, <throat> and the uh, 49ers just became the first team to win a division in the NFL this year. I'm Guy, that's John. If you are watching on YouTube, uh, great. It's awesome. Hit that uh, like, hit that subscribe. We appreciate it. If you're listening to the podcast. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Shout out to you, multitasking. We appreciate your support. NFC Division West champions on December 15th. They started three and four and lost to the Chiefs 75 to 10. They were three and four guy and got beat 75 to 10. I know that's not the actual score, but that's what it felt like watching it. <laughs> and they have not lost since. It does not feel that way. I had to do the math today. I pulled it up while the game was going on. I started. I was like, didn't they start two and three or three and four? Then I counted and the Chiefs game that was actually like 44 to whatever it was. And then you're like, win, 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 win. It just doesn't feel that way. And you add it up seven straight and you're like three and four, seven straight. That's 10 and four. Yeah. Does it feel like seven straight wins to you? Uh, no. <laughs> A lot's not. happened in the course of those seven straight wins. Yeah. Debo almost died on the field. Jimmy Garoppolo's season ended. Oh, let me turn this music off. God damn it. Kinlaw, we haven't seen since, but uh, he's scheduled yeah. to come back. I saw Armstead. Armstead turned. That's right. Armstead did tell Sherman on the field today that Kinlaw will be back next week. So everyone's been waiting. Kinlaw, he's, he hasn't disappeared yet. You know, he's going to get a Conqueror of the West t-shirt too. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could use him at this rate. Uh, 11.51 in Virginia Beach PM. Hello. Seattle lost a D tackle, a big, a big boy. Yeah, on early. The, is that the first series of the game? <laughs> yeah, you got, it looked like his ankle went the wrong way, didn't it? Uh, I, you know, I didn't see, I didn't see the replay. Re- Replayed it, it looked like it hurt. Uh, on the stream, Brock was also hurt. Oh yeah, that's right. We were one rib away from uh, Josh Johnson. We had, we had the Baker Mayfield got released story for like forty eight hours. Right, that was another. Didn't he win a game, guy? You know, I think today is the one-week anniversary, actually, of the game that Baker won. Against- oh, yeah, it was Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who'd they play? Last Thursday. Oh, 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 oh. The Raiders. The Raiders, yeah. Yeah, the Raiders. That's the low blow, but can't help ourselves. We're just, you know, recounting the last, what, month. Like, October 23rd was the loss. You're right, 75 to 10. 44 to 23 was the final score of the Chiefs game. The last 49ers lost. As the weeks have passed, it has felt much closer to seventy-five to ten than forty-four to twenty-three. Let me tell you. I mean, they traded for Christian McCaffrey. That I mean, I know that didn't happen after the Chiefs game, but that's what well, did. Right? Well, yeah, it did happen after the Chiefs game. They have not lost since uh, Christian joined the team. Yeah, good point. That, that forty-four to twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-three is one of the most deceiving scores in the history of the league. Don't you think? Yeah, because it was worse. <laughs> worse. It, it honestly felt like fifty-eight to seven. Yeah. You know, the good thing about it, I think, if you want to look at a glass half full. Woke him up. Well, woke him up. And I just think, like, you know, Super Bowl week, it's going to be it's going to be hard for the Chiefs to focus for the rematch after they beat the Niners 44 to 23 the last time. I think it's going to be a little harder for the Chiefs 
to meet the Niners in the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. <laughs> Purdy, they're, they're, Josh Allen, is that what the networks have been dying for? Well, I, I just think, I mean, basically, if they're the two seed, it's going to go Burrow in the second round and then Josh Allen in the third. You know, it's, that's a tough – those are tough two games. They haven't beat the Bengals in three times and the Bills in Buffalo in a, in a thunder snowstorm. Let's get our facts right. Christian joined the team two days before the Chiefs game. He did. McCaffrey had eight carries in the game. Yeah. Okay. I don't count that one. Then. I just say he joined for the. Uh, they played the Rams the next week. Uh, they played the Rams the next week. Yeah. 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 I, that's he what did I not I, do. What Baker Mayfield did, albeit he played the Chiefs and Baker played the Raiders. True. I, I count Christian's arrival the Rams week. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. You're like it's like. Uh, uh, you get an onboarding time, don't you? You do get an onboard. Yeah. You get to yeah. ramp up. I, I don't hold you like accountable for a sales call like on your third day at the office right no Maybe but i mean little... if you make a sale you do get credit for that true john let's tell the people that we are brought to you by our friends at tito's handmade vodka <laughs> tito's handmade vodka it is numero uno wherever you may be uh walking it bellying up to a bar um whether you are uh, drinking at home just chilling, whether you are hosting, whether you are going to somebody's house, Tito's Handmade Vodka this holiday season. If I was still in high school, I would fill this thing up with Tito's. <laughs> you would roll this into a high school basketball game or a college basketball game, a little Tito's. Have a Tito's on us this weekend. Not necessarily on us. You have to purchase it, but Support Tito's. Us. Just Tito's Soda. Have a espresso martini if you need a little pick me up. Mm-mm. You just can never go wrong with our friends at Tito's. It's the greatest vodka I'd say ever invented. It's the number one vodka in America. No big deal. And Tito Beverage just started with the dream and he's turned it into a behemoth company that we all love and we all, I'd say, share in our love together when we enjoy cocktails and we share them over social media. So when you have some over the holidays, whether it's at Hanukkah, whether it's Christmas Eve, whether it's Christmas, whether it's Kwanzaa, New Year's, we got a lot of drinking holidays right around the corner. Tag us, show us on the uh, social media streets. I know you guys, hell, we were getting tagged at night, people watching the game. Yeah. Keep it coming. We love them. I uh, I dipped down to uh, old Carmel on Wednesday night for, for the night, John, and went to uh, my favorite Ooh. spot there. What did you guys do? A little Hog's Breath. Went to dinner at Hog's Breath Inn, which is uh, Clint Eastwood's old spot. And it's got anyone going to Carmel. I get this all the time. I know you get this. People are like, hey, I'm coming to. Coming to a nighter game. Where, where should I go in Santa Clara? And I'm always like, I, I don't know, man. What? If you want to dip down to Carmel, go to Hog's Breath. Go into the – weave your way to the back, into the back bar. It's like a little shed in the back. They got a that's – that's the number one spot. Do they know you? Uh, me? No. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Tito's and Soda back there with a lime right by the fire. Highly recommend. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Also brought to you by BBZ, as it's known in the streets. ButcherBox.com slash ham. ButcherBox.com slash ham right now. Use the code ham when you go to ButcherBox.com slash ham. So you got a double ham and you get free ground beef for life in every order. Yep. Go to ButcherBox.com right now. ButcherBox.com slash ham. And curate your own box. They got chicken. They got ribs. They got steaks, and when you do it and use the promo code HAM at checkout, you get free ground beef for life. Free ground beef for life. You'll be eating tacos. You'll be making cheeseburgers for the entire block. 
for the rest of your life. I mean, you, you'll just, you will be the toast of the town. Everyone will be bringing Tito's over to your house because you'll have all the meat and you'll be slanging burgers, slanging beef tacos, slanging uh, some bean and cheese burritos, but you'll be throwing meat in there. <laughs> you'll have it all. <laughs> uh, like John said, you can get the curated box. You can make your own box, plus recipe inspiration, guide, all kinds of stuff, free shipping in the continental U.S., no surprise fees, the best meat. It's all there. Butcherbox.com slash ham and the code ham for a limited time. Our listeners get free ground beef for life plus 10 bucks off your first order. Uh, Butcherbox.com slash ham, code ham, 10 bucks off your first uh, order. Ground beef for life in the membership. Butcherbox.com slash ham, code ham. Can, can I read you this uh, tweet by our friend John Dickinson, who I think is in the in the press conference right now with old Kyle Shanahan? Yeah. Kyle Shanahan said that Brock Purdy didn't throw a pass all week since Sunday until a few at the hotel this morning at walkthrough. <laughs> what? Yeah. So uh, now granted, I mean, the weekends, right. You just play on Thursday. So it's, it's an abbreviated week, but still that he was never not going to play, but he did not throw any passes for whatever the hell they were doing on Monday, Tuesday, and even probably Wednesday before they flew. Right. That's not nothing. Yeah. It's not nothing. You rust, right? Yeah. It's not like you're throwing a full bullpen sesh, but I would imagine if you just ask the Aaron Rodgers and the Tom Brady's and the guys that have been playing for a long time, Thursday night game, they're like, yeah, usually on Tuesday, on the Thursday game, we get a half practice. I just keep my arm loose, right? Right. You're just Mr. Irrelevant. Short week in Seattle, which it didn't feel like felt like Seattle on Thursday night. Partly because of the way the game went, but I saw a couple shots like look like a ton of Niner fans there. Yeah, um, pretty incredible, John. Do you, th- do you do you think that last week's loss by Seattle took a little wind out of the sails of of the of the twelves? Yeah, John, they gave up thirty points to the Panthers at home. Because tonight, if they had won think, that game, would have been a lot bigger, obviously, for yeah, them, because they would have yeah. had a chance to take over the league. How could you not be watching Seattle over the last month and realize? All right, uh, I I think we're turning back into a pumpkin. Like what we're supposed to be, we're becoming, right? They're not very good. Like I I texted a buddy of mine who played for the Seahawks this morning, and I said, how are we feeling? And, and he said, like the Seahawks are about to get their cheeks clapped. <laughs> I was like, oh, so you think they suck? He's like, yeah. <laughs> well, the Niners, it's 7 nothing through the first couple drives, but as you text me, they're better at basically it felt like every position. It felt like a huge mismatch. Mm-hmm. But like right around the corner was halftime and the score was seven to three. So you're like, yeah, I mean, I've I've seen this dog and pony show before. You you can quote unquote outplay someone. Obviously the division's on the line. Seven three and all of a sudden you're like you go to halftime, some weird shit happens and this game's a little too close for what I've been watching. And then the fumble the moment the fumble scoop that led to the Christian McCaffrey touchdown, I don't want to say it felt like the NFC West was over at that moment, but it kind of did a little bit. Yeah. Because it was like, does, does Seattle have 15 points in them tonight? It's 14 to three, and it's like, I don't know. Well, there was they weren't about to stop slowing down the 49ers pass rush, which they didn't. They from the from the that to me was the most obvious thing, right? When the game started, they could not block the 49ers. Couldn't do it. No. could not do it and it wasn't sacks necessarily it was multiple balls got tipped as Gino was throwing it the play that DK Metcalf 
got called for the offensive PI when he grabbed uh, Mooney Ward and pulled him down but made the catch. Bosa was about as close to a strip sack without getting a strip sack as you could possibly be. Bosa, shout out to, is it Charles Cross, the right tackle? Yeah. I think he gets half a sack for the one that Bosa, when he jumped on Geno with like one arm through Cross and one arm around around Geno Smith. You know what's crazy? I think he's been one of the better rookies of the season. Like I think John Schneider's gotten a lot of credit for drafting his two tackles. Like those rookie guys, I think they've been pretty good throughout the year. You yeah, know? I mean, but there, you know, there probably is a ceiling on your team if you're starting two rookie tackles, and and then you play in this game and you have to win this game, and then you get behind. The Niners well, basically played; they pass rush like they were up 14 points the whole game. You know what's weird is I usually watch Thursday night very negatively, <laughs> like with a with just. I love Herb Street. Like, I would like to hang out with them. I'd like to play golf with them. I'd like to have some beers and, like, bullshit with them. I really don't enjoy them that much with the out, the whole experience. But tonight, I was just – I don't know. I didn't really even – they didn't get in my way. I just – the game was happening. I was more just locked in on, like, Niner Seattle. And I thought Herb Street said his most insightful thing this entire season when he's, like – Probably halfway through the second half, he's like, Bose has figured this guy out and he's got no chance. Yeah. And Nick had just was like a master of his craft that was just kind of figuring him out. Obviously, you have less prep time, rookie, so you don't have a, like a long book on the guy. And by the second half, like inside, outside, Charles Cross, like, what the fuck is going on here? This is not, I don't even know where, I think he's Mississippi State actually, but th- he just, he had no chance. And then they started kind of helping him out. But then like Ebacam and fucking Armstead would come from the other side and they'd be twisting and stunning. And it was it was a wrap. <laughs> it was a wrap. And then even if you complete a ball, and usually it's somewhat of a dump off, Greenlaw and Fred Warner, again, it's not quite as violent. And, and they're not, they're not Willis and Bowman in their prime. I mean, those two are like I, I mean, I didn't watch like Mike Singletary in his prime. I watched a little Ray Lewis. Like it, it was they were Hall of Fame, peak Hall of Famer levels in their prime. The next tier down, which is an incredible tier, I, it's kind of where I view, view those guys are, and they're kicking ass and taking names. You agree? Like, they're not – I don't put that combo. You Greenlaw and Fred Warner or Bo, or Bowman and I, – I, I'm talking Greenlaw and Fred Warner. Yeah. I wouldn't put Willis and Bo. – I'd put Willis and Bowman when they're both in their peaks together better. Yeah. They just felt yeah. a little quick twitch faster – probably a little more violent. And again, these guys are violent, but I, and I'm not trying to diminish what my point is. Like but those guys were hall of, whether they have hall of fame careers, it's like football teams, heaven of linebacking. Players. Those guys yeah. are hall of fame level players. I think, I mean, Willis, you know, yeah. And well, Bowman might get in. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I, they're, they're in that little mode though. Like the two of them together are just every, they make every tackle and they just crush guys. I, I just green think- Greenlaw probably consistently hits harder than Fred. Well, Greenlaw forced the fumble today. Greenlaw had multiple big hits. Yeah. In the game. Monster. Monster. Um, and he's not even he turns twenty t- turns twenty six, I think, in May. So he's just in his prime. Um the 49ers are the first team to win the win their division in the NFL this year. <laughs> There's only one other team in the league that has clinched a playoff spot, the Philadelphia Eagles. Those are the only two. And obviously, this is somewhat dependent on your division. But yeah, they aid, nominated aid, aided by you know the second best team seven and seven now. Yeah, right? I mean, but, but they've dominated their division. They've yeah. beat everybody's. At, they've they've what, what did I say? Clapped those cheeks or whatever that I said earlier in the division. Um, 
They swept Seattle for the first time since 2011. They won seven straight games. They did it with Brock Purdy. They did it with Debo Hurt. They did it on a short week in Seattle. Kind of, I mean, honestly, guy destroyed Seattle this year. And it right? was destroyed Seattle, absolutely. And both games they've played were shorthanded because I mean, shorthanded in in the sense that like Trey got hurt in the first game. Both, you know, it's not like both games everything's gone perfect. Thursday road game that's a huge advantage for the home team in it's December. Just, exactly. It's just wild to me for as stressful as at times their season has been for them, how easily it just feels they just won their division and punched a playoff ticket. Well, we talked about this last year. The biggest difference to me this year than last year, they went 2-4 and four in their division. Seattle swept them. They won the two Rams game, and Arizona swept them. And one of the Arizona games felt like a huge kick in the dick because it was Colt McCoy, and he d- destroyed them. Yeah. Well, think about this year. They're not just 5-0 and oh in the division. They fucking dominated I forget the Ram score, but like the like when I was being sarcastic about the Chiefs, if you said what was the what did they beat the uh, the Cardinals in Mexico by, I'd be like uh, forty seven to ten. <laughs> you know that was an ass kicking. They destroyed the Rams, and obviously they destroyed Seattle. So in their five games, they're not just to me. It's like five and zero oh in the division. You could win every game by one point, and you'd be like hell yeah. They have killed these teams. Now the Rams are limping. You do what you're supposed to do, but we've seen them beat the Rams when they were Super Bowl team, right? And Seattle, to me, Seattle feels like Seattle could have been a three-win team or could have been a ten-win team. Like I, I take them seriously, and it, I'd say every Niner fan does. You, you just do. They feel like the type of division rival where you just know, like, get ready for a game, regardless what team's good or bad. And the Niners shoved them around this year, big time. And it might be a little bit, like you said, because the front dominated them and the, you know, their advantages, the defensive line, they have young players up front. It might just be as simple as like tonight, they were kind of running on fumes. The Niners fucking exposed them uh, in terms of ran the ball right down their throat, a lot like it happened to them last week. And maybe just Seattle overall. I mean, let's face it, like to me, they're a lot like the Giants. They have an impressive seven and seven. Most people pick them, including myself, to be like a team drafting in the top five. They have had a which they are year. Which, yeah, exactly. Just Denver's pick. Do you know Denver's record? Uh, three wins, three and ten. When yeah. you say it out loud, it sounds really bad. You're like three and ten. Um, you know, we talked about this the other day, John, and and it's funny. You look at the box score, twenty-one to thirteen tonight does not tell the story. But they just blew out Tampa, 30, 35 to seven. The week before that, they blew out Miami, thirty-three to seventeen. The week before that didn't wasn't a blowout, felt kind of sketchy, but they did beat the Saints by 13 points. The week before that, they beat the Cardinals in Mexico City by 28, 38 to 10. Week before that was the Charger game. Week before that, they blew out the Rams. So, and again, this is a little hard to categorize because the Saints game was at risk for sure. That game was at risk at times. But basically, since the Chiefs game, they've you could argue what? had six blowout wins at minimum five blowout wins. Probably it's pretty incredible. They are now they played this week, Thursday, obviously. So they are a game ahead. They've played more games. They've played 14 games because the 49ers are, are 10 and four Buffalo's played 13. Um, the, the Eagles have played 13 and the Cowboys have played 13, but those are the four teams in the league, Cowboys, Eagles, Niners, and bills with a point differential over 120 points. In fact, Kansas City is only 86, plus 86. The Niners are plus 128. The Cowboys are plus 131. 
the Bills are plus 132 and the Eagles are plus 138. And again, but again, you know, those teams have played one less game. So that number can jump again. But at worst, they'll probably, I don't, no one's really close to them. So even after this weekend, the Niners will have the, 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 um, probably the fourth best point differential in the league at worst. Well, here's what I know if they're not able to catch Minnesota, if they're just able to keep that cushion, I think, assuming that that's the second round game, the Niners in Minnesota win that first round. I, the Niners might be favored in that game on the road. I mean, the Lions just were favored at home, and they were five and seven against a ten and three team. It, would it shock you if it was like Niners minus one? No, because what are people just if you just approach it from a what is the public going to do when they have a chance to bet? Hammer way, the Niners. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this guy sent me his bet slip tonight. You Canadian dollars, but he bet seventy American dollars. Uh, yeah, to win seven thousand is. No, it was 36 American to win 7,000. He had Kittle over 45 receiving yards, Kittle two touchdowns, Juice any t- a touchdown anytime. He just he needed a use check touchdown tonight. Didn't get it. <laughs> to make and there what? was a play. The all 22 will show. There was a play where Juice was wide ass open today on the backside, and Purdy threw it into the flat to the right to IU. Haberman live uh, tape study because uh, Amazon doesn't let me watch the game broadcast on two screens, so I had to go. You know the all twenty two broadcast. I didn't hate it. It was good. It's, I mean, it's not bad. It gives you some good I, angles, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's good analytics. Like there was some. I pulled the defensive number we'll use in the show, but hashtag anyway, streaming. Uh, they've won the NFC on December fifteenth. West NFC West. Thank you. They won the <laughs> NFC West on December fifteenth. And I, I I do think it's fair to say they are the second best team right now in the NFC. I think the Eagles have earned it, like start to finish. They're the best team. They're going to have home field advantage. But I, I think the Niners, like we all agree, they're better than Minnesota. And the only team is the Cowboys, who I think are also better than Minnesota. But we saw that. Now, I think the Cowboys are better than last year. But like one of their disadvantages is like Dak is not some mobile quarterback at this point. Like after the injury, he's really much more like a pocket quarterback. And we saw how that went last year against the Niners. Like Jalen Hurts is the type guy that the Niners, you know, he's given everyone problems. He, yeah. I mean, he's going to win the MVP more than likely. But like when Jimmy went down and Purdy played that game two weeks ago, I was I was one of the first guys. Like my first take was kind of sucks. Probably can't make the Super Bowl. Can't win the NFC. I, I, I take that back. I do believe like they got a chance in all these games in the playoffs. Like I, I'm not going into the playoffs. I had no faith last year. I thought they could beat the Cowboys. And not in a million fucking years, I think we're going to win the Packer game. I mean, hell, throughout that Packer game, I never thought they were going to win it. But I'm going to go into games. Obviously, they're going to be favored. I mean, they got a home playoff game. And then depending on how the seeding shakes out, like kind of expect this team to be in the NFC Championship game. Okay. That's where I'm at now. Like yeah. then, then it's on the road at Philly if they're a 16-1 team and they just beat the shit out of whoever in the second round. They're clearly going to be good. Who knows? Maybe Cowboys upset them, and you get fucking host the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game. And then the Niners are favored. Right. But I, my my point is like this team can compete to win the NFC in in a week and a half. I didn't. I think most people we were all kind of shell shocked once Brock Purdy seventh rounder comes in, but they not only haven't skipped a beat; it's felt like they've gotten closer together. It's like they rallied. So, yeah, I agree with that. 
I, it absolutely feels like that. I do think there was a time when we watched their defense and went, yeah, they're ranked number one, but are they? To me, now they actually look like that level of defense, don't they? Do you agree yeah. with that? Like, I mean, we can talk about their defense. Let's talk, You want to talk about Purdy's night for a second? Wherever you want to go. Well, because I think that with backup quarterbacks... Well, because we knew they have a defense that could win the Super Bowl, right? No one argued that. The reason I was like, you know, they got no chance in the playoffs. Like, they got to pick 266, Mr. Yeah. Irrelevant. Like, that's not... That doesn't happen. No. And someone, I think, tweeted at me and you today or might have just tweeted at me. He's like, there's a chance that every quarterback in the AFC in the playoffs is going to be a first rounder, right? Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Lamar, you go through it, and they're not going to be one quarterback in the NFC that's a first rounder. Well, we talked about the NFC one the other day in the final. Oh, he said in the playoffs. We just said the final. In the playoffs. That's in the, incredible. The playoffs, guy. Yeah. Now, if, if the Giants make it, Daniel Jones would be, but if he didn't, Heineke, Purdy, Geno, obviously – uh, Dak, Cousins, Jalen, Brady, Tom, <laughs> yeah, or uh, PJ Washington, or whatever the fucking guy's name is from the Carolina Panthers. They're what not if dead. Yet. Makes it. What if Detroit makes it? Well, then yeah, he would, yeah. The, he would be. He would be pretty ironic. <laughs> but you know, I think with backup quarterbacks, I my default is. You, you have to play a lot of games well before we're like, okay, maybe you are something better than we initially thought. Um, and there's still the body of work on Brock is small, but there's so many signs that he might actually just be a good player. And I think the flip side of, well, we want to see you do it over and over again is, you know, who's to say in three weeks, he's not a better player than he is today. I think sometimes when a backup, you, you it, it basically it's, it's overexposure, right? A backup can get overexposed. Like you played so much that we, we all kind of figured you out. And who knows? It's, it's, it's usually also limited physical skills. I, I would say they tend to have like not as strong of an arm. They tend to be just kind of average physical specimens relative and over, to the and over a period of time that you regress to the mean when you yeah, think about it. some of the better backups like Teddy Bridgewater. I think Foles is a good example over the time he's had to play more. You know, his arm isn't great, even though he can throw it far. Uh, yeah, I just I, I just think they tend to be Brock Purdy physically, like have some limitations, right? They yeah. usually actually non like former really good players that become backups tend to be guys that actually overachieved. Like, damn, this guy carved out a long career as a backup, right? Like Nick Mullins is gonna be in the league. You're gonna look at Gardner Minshew. These guys have seven, eight, nine year career. So for seven, eight of those years, they're the backup quarterback somewhere. And you go, that guy got every ounce of talent out of him. Think about it. Gardner Minshew is the backup quarterback for Jalen, who went to Alabama, Oklahoma, beat out fucking Carson Wentz and is taking this team to the playoffs back. Like Jalen has physical characteristics, right? Right. Or, you know, Colt McCoy, Kyler Murray. This guy's Bo Jackson fucking can run a 4040 and can throw it 95 yards. Like, has all these skills. Even Gino, when you watch him, like you can see he's got physical skills. He's big. He's he's like he's thick. He's got a big arm. Like, you can see why that guy, you're gonna look up Geno Smith's gonna play in the league for what 14 like, years? Likeable, right? Good teammate, smart guy, all that stuff. I found myself like I kind of like I'm not rooting against Geno Smith. I don't no. like, like Seattle. I, I appreciate what he stands for. No, but he's just he's he's not playing with a full deck there. Purdy's um, also real. I would say even smaller than most quarterbacks. He looks small. 
he started the game 11 of 11 hit his first 11 passes okay a lot of dump down right yeah which means he finished uh six of 15 the rest of the game counting the Ayuk drop so could have been hit him in the bread basket seven seven of 15 still that's under 50 percent um but two touchdowns no interceptions again this week threw a ball that definitely could have been picked but maybe high velocity football not inter- like Kaepernick hard to intercept that ball John um but I I you know the thing to me that really stands out well why don't you start you former NFL scout I just think the one thing he has going for him that the other thing that stands out, I would say uh, uh, when non-starters play, especially early, like their first couple starts, that is reason why they usually just get, you know, washed out. They look very jittery. It looks like everything is going 90 miles an hour. And hell, this happens to some starters, right? It happened to Zach Wilson. Uh, I think some people might say Trey had some of that. Uh, Just happens to young players just young players in general, even good ones, right? That it, it just looks like hectic out there for him. He does feel very, very calm, like not freaking out. On the one touchdown to Kittle, he did like three different – he went right over the middle and then looked left. And again, Seattle's not exactly throwing Cliff Averill, Cam Chancellor blitzing. I mean, their defense is not getting crazy pressure on them. But it's still the NFL. It's still a short week, and – this would have been the game where it's just, you know, a little overwhelmed, can't hear that well. I mean, even Trent Williams had a jumped off sides. Like, it's it's loud. It would be understandable. I, I, I never really thought tonight, guy, one time it crossed my mind. He made a bad pass that Diggs easily could have picked, but never thought, like, he looks jittery and just, like, overwhelmed. And to me, that's one of the biggest reasons, if not the biggest reason, beside his accuracy, because he is pretty accurate not just from within the pocket, but on the move. Why I think Kyle, like, this guy can just fucking handle my offense and is not free. It'd be human nature. Like, whether you watch fucking movies on the Navy SEALs or in the Mafia, I mean, those are things that I love, or football. Like, when you get in tense situations for the first time, not the training, not what they tell you about when it actually happens, people freak out. You know, I, I can be a you know a nervous Nancy, I guess sometimes. Like I just need to take a deep breath, and just watching this guy, how calm he is, it's pretty fucking remarkable when you factor in what he took over a team that was has Super Bowl aspirations, and two, just he's the last pick in the draft. It'd be one thing. It's like you know he's cocky motherfucker, second round pick. You know, believes in himself. But there are second round picks who don't believe in themselves, right? Well, I know that's why the that's why you got to throw the pick out. But do you agree? Like, I test just con, just carrying himself. Honestly, feels a and I'm not saying he's better than Jimmy, even though he's making some plays that Jimmy can't make because he's quicker. He feels sometimes a little less erratic. Well, I agree. I mean, his first of all, he just fundamentally throws less flutter footballs. He throws more spirals. Throws a beautiful ball. Whatever that's worth. <laughs> um, I was listening to yesterday. I listened. Somebody sent me. They're like, "Oh, Brady on his podcast. Let's go with with uh, was a three way. It's a three way. Isn't Larry on it too? Larry's on it sometimes. <laughs> Jim Gray just breaks in with ads all the time. I listened to that podcast. I'm like, you know, I think we could do more ads. Um, Jim Gray. G- Tom doesn't read ads. No, but like yesterday they had Tracy Morgan, Adam Sandler, and Bill Burr on in like a 20. It was just at the same time, all three of them. It's the Manning cast? (laughs) 
plus Tom plus Jim Gray and Jim in the 20 minutes interrupted those guys twice to do ads like one for Kleenex. I don't know what. Do you watch or listen to it? No, it's just I listen to it. It's a serious XM, but you can listen to the podcast. Gotcha. And it wasn't anything groundbreaking, but it was enjoyable. I was just curious what it was going to sound like Tracy Morgan, Adam Sandler, Bill Burr. And they were t- and they were talking and Bill's like, what you know, uh, Tom, Tom's like, you know, um, the guy that I always wanted to beat was Peyton. I wanted to be just better than Peyton Manning. He goes, but like I watch Patrick Mahomes. I can't do what Patrick Mahomes does. Like, that's not the same. Like, I can't be better at what Patrick Mahomes does than Patrick Mahomes. Like, I don't even try. That's I don't play the same sport as Patrick Mahomes. Now, me and Manning, we played the same game. So I could be trying to be better than Peyton at Peyton's game. But I can't be better than Josh Allen. I heard, Tom, I heard Tom say one time, it was actually one of the most insightful thing I've ever heard a player say. He's like, you know the most unique part about football? This is like two years ago. So he's like the greatest player of all time. He's like, I couldn't start in a high school game at the majority of positions. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> like I couldn't, pl- he's like, yeah. I couldn't play I- at De La Salle at defensive end, right? I would get blocked. Right. I, I couldn't play corner in high school. That's he's like, that's the, what makes this game like Brock Purdy is, I, I think fits into what Tom, but he couldn't do anything else. Right. In maybe Purdy could function, maybe take a handoff or something. Slot but receiver for Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? So it's like, I do. So then Bill, Bill Burr was like, yeah, you know, it's, it's like, um, I, if I try to do Adam Sandler show or Tracy Morgan show, I can't do that show. You know, like I'll see a guy who I think is really good at what they do, but I, I I may not necessarily be funny the way they're funny. I can't do that. Bill Burr's like the worst thing you can do, go up on stage after somebody kills it, but they're a little different than you, and then you try to do what they did, and it's like he's like, it's just not going to work. You got to stick to your fundamentals, which, of course, Tom loved that. You got to stick to your fundamentals. And I say all that to say, like, I had I thought about that tonight watching Brock. He is so confident in the stuff that he is capable of. That he's just really comfortable. And some guys, I think, are really confident in it. Like Baker or Johnny Johnny Menzel came in the league and it was like Johnny was trying to run away from people. You remember that. And he couldn't. He just couldn't get away from anybody. But here's Brock. I'll never forget on a Thursday night game, they were playing Carolina and he tried to get, take off and Luke Keekley caught him like within three steps. It was it was like, what, bro? What? Well, I was, I, and so I thought about that like when Brock came in, like, okay, he's a gunslinger. Well, does it work in this league? Well, multiple times, Kyle obviously had the confidence. They ran him on the third on the must-have third down play in the end zone. He throws the ball to Ray Ray Low, whatever they have to punt. But getting out of the end zone when he had to peel out and run to the near side showed very good athleticism. And I just thought his like, I don't know, man. He just looks like a. Fl- I don't know if you'd call him a great athlete by NFL standards, but I think he's definitely a great athlete by human being standards. And he's clearly just really fluid. Like he just feels like he knows. He had a moment tonight where he juked out a pass rusher and kind of went to the side. Yeah, I just think he's re- he just feels like he knows it. It wouldn't shock me if you said Brock, you know, roll right seven yards off your back foot. How far can you throw the ball? And Brock is like, ah, that's a forty-four yard throw. I-, I don't think he actually knows that, but I bet he feels that. Like he knows exactly. He's really well calibrated, maybe is the way to put it. I think he's really well calibrated. I I did not keep, like, I didn't chart the game. It feels like Kyle called more pass plays for him, doesn't it? Well, it definitely, I mean, how about? Like, in the the flow of a tighter game, he's more likely to call pass plays on early downs. Again, I didn't chart the game, but I'm watching it. (laughs) In the back of my head, as I'm just, 
I'm not thinking too deeply about it, but I'm like, I don't think I think Kyle calls the game differently for Purdy than he has his other quarterbacks, Jimmy, and the couple games of of Trey the last five years. That's what it feels like, guy. Besides, like when he's down or whatever with Jimmy. But I'm yeah. just saying, in the game, seven nothing. He is not calling this game the same as with Jimmy Garoppolo. I actually, I, I would bet the my end life of the half. That. The end of the half. The was it the Dolphins game? Where he moved the ball like two minutes, two yeah. minute drill into the half, they pushed the ball. It was a little eye opening. Did they tell the story tonight? Well, they had to. That last week, Purdy's family got over emotional before the game, and Bosa's mom. Did you were you listening to that part? Uh, what, I didn't hear the part about Bosa's mom. I did hear the part about tears well, so, before the game. So yes. tears before the game. I think it like sets in there to their parents. Like our son is starting the game, and in their mind, probably against Tom Brady. And like his dad was overwhelmed. And I think Bosa's mom might have been in the tunnel or maybe they were in the family section and she kind of consoled them, like kind of gave him a hug. Like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, just but kind of like she's like, I've been through this with seven of my kids. Yeah. Prize picks is where it's at. Prize picks. America's number one fantasy sports app with more than five million users. I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani less season long pick quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. For example, this week on prize picks, you can go Anthony Edwards, more than 29 points and Nikola Jokic, more than 10 rebounds. Playoff time's the time to join because star players mean more on prize picks. Keep an eye out for the starred players on the board and you could receive a 10% payout boost if they're in your winning lineup. So right now, download the prize picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, code HAM50. First deposit match up to 100 bucks. Price picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it. Four years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you... Free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, 
Only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Think about that, like all these baseball players are signing or whatever. To me, one of the coolest things always in baseball is whenever a guy gets called up and has his first hit. Yeah. Right? Uh, you, you have to agree, I'm sure. And that, that, that like eight people, it's like his mom, his dad, his cousin, his brother, his girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend, but they're still friends, How and like three it? other buddies. And, it, and they're all just going nuts. They have beers are flying. And then eventually like the mom's like in tears and the dad is overwhelmed. Can you imagine Brock Purdy? They weren't even traveling to games. Why would they? And he was the backup quarterback. I would have told them, hey, bro, I don't know if you've watched Jimmy's career. Play away. <laughs> you know, play away. You fucking be there at Chicago. At any of these games, like, you, your kid could come in. And then once they pr- finally go and it hits them, and Bosa's like, hey, listen, my, my sons have made a combined $700 million in this league. Your son's going to be okay. Okay? But just the emotion. chasing my son. <laughs> Think about that. Like the, this guy's family was so overwhelmed with emotion starting a football game. I think that kind of represents his story. Like he's, it's crazy. Like the Jimmy resigning story was one of the most unique stories of the year in the NFL. Like that moment. I think this par- Purdy couple game stretch is how it looks. Obviously, the stats are good. He's throwing touchdowns. He's he's accurate. But like the eye test. It's hard to argue. Like, you're not going to argue with a football person and be like, you know, this is bullshit. Right. right? Well, it doesn't match the story. The eye test doesn't match the story. Because the story shouldn't be good, you're saying? Well, well, it just, if you said, well, the Niners, the, Mr. Relevance, their quarterback, you'd be like, they're fucked. This, you'd be like, this guy? <laughs> this guy I've been watching? It just, he doesn't, his family's crying, but he well, he like doesn't play like it. his family's crying, yeah. Steven on the stream says Purdy's family was crying because they were scared Kyle was going to run him up the middle. It's true. They had seen the last two quarterbacks have career-threatening injury. Well, I mean, and Kyle, Kyle told his family, don't worry. I'm about to throw it 35 times a game with your kid. Don't worry. It's the McCaffreys <laughs> that should be worried. <laughs> don't worry, Purdy family. I- I'm going to let your kid uh, throw for three or four touchdowns a game. That's my vision for him. I love Mc- him. McCaffrey's the one who's going to touch the ball 33 times. So. If you if you thought I like Mac Jones, oh fuck! Wait till you see me with Brock Purdy. <laughs> we know Kyle will overdraft a quarterback, so we can't claim that he liked him in the fifth round. It's honestly very. It feels right that Kyle might have stumbled onto a quarterback, the last pick in the draft, 
short little white guy from Iowa State. Right after he traded everything for a guy <laughs> at the top of the draft. Which, you know, we'll have a lot of time. I know we'll talk about kind of the big picture. Um, Division-winning quarterbacks are hard to replace. Now, he hasn't been the quarterback all year long, but there's more regular season games. Could they be the two seed? There's playoff games. There's all of that. He gets harder to, you know, I, I think you said this last week, and I agree with you. We've passed the point already, barring a complete crash and burn from Purdy this year, that it's just Trey's job on a silver platter like it was this past offseason. You said that last week, and you're right. And every week it gets harder for, for that. But how much harder is the question right now, right? How much harder is it going to get? How he plays is one aspect of it. There's a world where they lose in the first round of the playoffs, but Purdy looks incredible, and it's like, yeah, you're going to the offseason thinking about him as their quarterback. But what if they win a bunch of playoff games? What if they win multiple? How many playoff games? You said earlier you've changed your initial reaction, which was they can't win playoff games with this guy. How could you not change that opinion, right? Um, in part because of the team, but I think part of it's like one thing I said that I've had to kind of rethink a little was I said they, they'll they have a shot just because the recipe is the same with Purdy as it is with Jimmy, but maybe even the recipe's a hair different. Now, Kyle does kind of call the game. I, I would say the throws he he calls, it's, it's not like he's, you know, taking the regulator off this thing. But, you know, maybe he's maybe you took cheese. If, if Jimmy is provolone, you put cheddar in like it's just a little more flavorful. It's still the same ingredient, but it's got a little more flavor. Um, I, I think everyone now has to be thinking about what the possibilities are for the postseason with this guy. I mean, the 49ers quarterback on the aggregate are 23 and seven and 66 percent. Twenty-three touchdowns, seven picks, 66 percent. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty solid starter. I mean, their guy's headed toward what did we say at the beginning of the year? Would you have signed up for 28 and 9, 30 and 10? Fuck yeah. We, we were open for, I would say, 20. You know, Trey's numbers or Jimmy's numbers? I'm just saying, yeah, Trey. And then once Jimmy started, 25 and 8 would have been good. I mean, they are going to fly by that. Brock individually, now he could have easily thrown a couple picks that one got dropped and one got called back. But he is six and two. Now you could also argue some of the touchdowns. I mean, today Kittle did a lot after the catch. Kittle was like, "Hey guys, you know, I could be." Did you did you hear him on the broadcast? No, I don't think so. What did he say? He, he said that you know, I'm sure you guys heard last week when Kyle called Bosa out and then Bosa delivered. He's like, "I got called out last night," and I said, "Well, Kyle, throw me the give me some targets because he's like, where's your yak? What happened to your yak?" And he's like, okay, throw me the ball. And what did Kittle do tonight? He did try to run a couple guys over in the middle of the field, but when he caught the ball in space, he became a playmaker. And he honestly did the Kelsey, right? That's what avoid guys, juke them out. And nights like tonight where you're like, yeah, George Kittle's fucking elite. <laughs> and that, that was that was pretty stupid in the open field. But part of it, and this is where you benefit, and where it's a great landing spot for – we said this with Trey. Once Jimmy came back in, they're missing Debo Samuel, who is a $60 million all-pro, and they still got Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Juwan Jennings, who is just, I don't give a shit what a guy drops balls in training camp. Give me that guy in big games over the I, middle. I, they showed a stat early that I think he had 
basically 50% of his catches are first downs, and then he had three catches today, two of them were first downs. I like Juwan Jennings. You know who I also like? I've come a long way. Ray Ray. I can, I fuck with Ray. I hold my breath on every return, but yeah, I mean, he's been clutch for them. How about the one, I think it was like third and eight, where he threw it over the middle and he took it to, maybe it was like third and 12. It was a third and, it was third was and that, long. Was that the McGlinchey holding play? No, this Came was back. the one, this is the one Ray Ray got. Oh. You know, he kind of caught it in the middle of the field and like took it toward the left side. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they got, they've got, a, they've got an, I mean, the bottom line is they got enough defense with these skill guys, even down a skill guy. The question, and we can get to this, is you know well, they're I, basically it, playing with one running back right now, McCaffrey, by choice. <laughs> they do have another guy who I don't know. Did Mason Tony burst today, John? <laughs> you could. Do you know what's crazy? Is the yeah, offensive yeah, line? Yeah. You're like, well, they got Trent Williams, who's a Hall of Famer, and then they got these two guards in the center. No one knows. Their worst offensive lineman is the right tackle. You those three guys in the middle, you couldn't ask for. I mean, they are just consistently solid. You never hear from them. They just get the job done. That, isn't that pretty crazy that it's clear at the end of the season that McGlinchey by far is their weak link? Center and two guards are fine. Trent's elite. Because that was a huge question. It's like, well, Burford and Banks, what's Brendel Small? What's they are completely fine. Every game's like, oh, McGlinchey, shit. <laughs> They're like holding on 69. There it comes. Yeah, you would have liked to. Uh, I mean, I guess they ran. And honestly, tonight he was fine. But I, I think a lot of people thought coming into the year, and this is where I think he's excelling because he really only has to look on the right side and he can see. I feel like the most pressure that Brock has got has come from that side, obviously. <laughs> And he's been able now. Some of it's been blitzing, and he's been able yeah. to kind of just roll out to his right. And he throws pretty well on the run to his right. Clearly, he's comfortable yeah. doing that. He did that tonight. He did that last week. I would imagine he's been doing it a lot of his life. Uh, I was at the gym today. I didn't have the sound on, but I saw on like one of the big TVs, like Sports Center was doing something, and Matt Campbell was on. I mean, they were clearly talking about Brock Purdy, and that guy fucking obviously loves him. Yeah, I think I heard Bruce Feldman say that. I mean, that program, the the Matt Campbell hype was created with Brock Purdy as his quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Like the interviewing for USC, should he get Ohio State, should be, you know, some of these teams NFL, should be. I became like an NFL. NFL. Yeah. People at least talked about it that way. Um, I mean, I think the other part of like, can you win playoff games with Brock is, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but just revisit the the, the conference, right? The AFC is very different from a quarterback standpoint right now than the NFC is. Yeah. The AFC is the blue chippers for the most part. You wouldn't like them as much. Like, oh, they got to play the Bills in the second round. It'd be a different story. Right? Yeah, it's like Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Lamar's going to make it. Lamar, Yeah, Lamar's going to make it. Herbert probably will end up making it. You, Do you know what you wouldn't want no part of? And this is where the NFC is nice. Herbert might be the seventh seed. Would you want to play the seven seed if, like, if uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are healthy? Chiefs, Chargers, and honestly, they've played the they've played the Chiefs pretty well over the years, right? Yeah, but it's outside. But I'm just saying, like that that's yeah. a tough. If the seven seed is Justin Herbert, is another thing. Oh, seven seed's Daniel Jones. I'm like, okay, let's take a deep breath. Which is what it is right now, right? So there's your NFC is Hurts, Cousins, Purdy. This version of Tom, Dak, 
Would you rather play the team? Would you rather play in the first round Belichick and the Patriots, but just their limited offense and just but Belichick or Justin Herbert? Ooh. Um that's a good question. I God, I well, I, I bet if you ask Andy Reid, he'd be like, "Well, I'd rather play the Patriots. They just they can't, they won't be able to score with us, right?" Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's probably the right pick, but it feels kind of crazy. That's the thing with football, right? So you look at the bottom of the NFC. It's like, well, I guess we'll see Washington in a week, but Seattle, fucking the Niners would pay. What what would Jed check? What he cut right now to play Seattle in the first round? Five million, Just basically guarantee a second playoff game. <laughs> yeah, I mean the NFC right now has four playoff teams in the playoff picture with a negative point differential, including Minnesota, who's the two seed at a negative one point differential. Well, you would rather you would rather play Heineke, you would rather play Daniel Jones, you would rather play Seattle, I think, than the Lions. Yeah, I, I agree with and you. And I'm I'm not trying to act like and the I don't Lions think and like I just don't think better. the Lions are going to beat you either because I don't I've watched them enough to know they don't. And you've played golf before, but and you've played golf before. And we'll see if we'll see if Jared Goff can go outside against the Jets. I mean, that's a good test this week, right? Uh, The the point ultimately is, but this is the group we're talking about. Yeah, why can't? Why not? Why not? Brock could Green Bay win four straight and end up nine and eight? Um, they play this week. They play. They play. Yeah, they play the Rams. Uh, they play Miami. They play play Minnesota. They play the Lions. No, they they played the Bears twice. So they play. Um, they, so no, they play. They, they play the Rams this week. That's a win. Then they play at Miami. I think I kind of like Green Bay. And then they finish Minnesota, Detroit at home. They, they they're could. coming off a bye. You, I, I'd prefer not to have to play that game. But I'm just I, saying that that's a team in, in the distance just to keep an eye on. I think it's fair just to say that whole theory, that whole scenario we just built where there's no great quarterbacks changes a little bit if Aaron Rodgers ends up in the playoffs. When if they've won five straight games to get in the playoffs? And if yeah, if they won five straight games, yeah. I'm just saying just keep an eye in the background on the Packers. Kyle Shanahan's can you can it be not your best season but your most impressive coaching job? We always like parsing that type of thing. Um it's his second best season. It's the second time he's won the division. The last time it took up until the end of the year. Uh, but to do it with three quarterbacks, uh, to win a division with three quarterbacks is insane. I think the 13-3 and three season is a season that most coaches have, like when they really become a star, right? They just have a huge season. They, they win a bunch of games. Maybe they go to an NFC Championship game. Obviously, he went to the Super Bowl and had a chance to win it. I think where you become a really good coach, and we've talked about this forever with Kyle specifically, it's about doing it over and over. Like part of just being a legend is, you know, Belichick didn't win the Super Bowl every year, but he went to like 15 AFC championship games. (laughs) So that meant every single year he's winning 12, 13 games. Every single year. It's like, well, he beat up on the NFC East or the AFC East. It's like, yeah, we also watched him play the Steelers every year and Peyton Manning and kick the shit out of them. So it's like, yeah, he did take advantage of the bad teams in his division, but we also he also played other good teams, and they typically won those games. And I think Kyle, last year was tough, right? It was a roller coaster ride, but the result was worth the craziness of the season. And this year, I would say at three and four, we were hard on him. A lot of fans were hard. It just felt like this is going to be crazy. 
Now, we didn't know the way the division was going to turn out to be with the injuries and everything, but are you really going to struggle to get to like nine or ten wins? Because that's what it felt like at three and four and you just got blown out by the Chiefs. You start doing the math. You're like, you're just going to go back and forth, win one, lose one, and be like, be, you could be eight and nine or you could be ten and seven, but it's going to feel very similar. And then he won seven fucking straight games. And I, I think, and clearly he played a big role in this, I would say a, um, a monumental moment in his 49 or tenure and just his career as the boss. The McCaffrey trade was a was a swing move for him in his career as a 49er. Yeah. yeah. And I, I when that happened, I thought it was fucking pretty nuts. I bet if you turn on the podcast, I thought it was an overpay. But clearly he's played a huge role. <laughs> and I don't know. Are they a playoff team without him? Probably still, yeah. But it's that move, which I believe to my core, and they'll never admit it unless you know them personally, they tell you the truth, truth. That's Kyle. I mean, the second, third, fourth. and I mean, that's that's a coach thing. And obviously he's known the family. I'm not saying that John and those guys wouldn't want him too. He's an unreal player. But that move move has looked pretty good. And clearly he's using it like that was his move, right? Yep. Yep. And that was they, – they needed something right around that time, right? Because they, were, I guess they were three and three going to Kansas City, but they were, they were kind of holding on tight to the rules. They just lost like, to Atlanta. Yeah, just they were something was off. They needed a little jolt. Isn't that the thing like baseball players talk about during the trading deadline when you like add a guy? It's like oh, they believe in us. And I'm not saying that like Fred Warner, Nick Bosa needed that, but can you imagine being in that locker room and be like, "Fuck, we just had Christian McCaffrey at three and three. That's." That's a pretty monumental move just in general in, in the NFL. Anytime you make a trade like that and look at the Rams last year when they got Von Miller, but like got Christian McCaffrey, like Von Miller, very, very famous player. And Von was obviously more accomplished. He'd been a Super Bowl MVP, but just in terms of like fame and stardom and just like this guy can come in and help us. And they've never really looked back. And he's, I mean, it feels like he's, I don't have his touchdown count but if if you had to say Middlecoff, how many touchdowns he scores tonight or nine <laughs> i mean seriously do you, i mean uh what do you have tonight one so he has one two three receiving one two three four rushing that's seven he's thrown one that's he's eight thrown one. that's eight so, so i was close yeah i could guess i thought your number was too high when you said it um they put. A, Do you agree? Was that a swing moment? I think it. Well, in multiple ways, right? Like, if in the future we'll see Christian, you know, from a health standpoint, you got, you did get a superstar level player, and I think part of the question was obviously the biggest, by far the biggest question with him, is health. But I think I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm surprised, but it's. I think it's pretty incredible that on this team with superstars, he stepped right in, and if you just put him. You know, if you said, all right, we're taking a team photo, all the superstars over here, even though McCaffrey's been on the team for, you know, only half the season, he'd he'd walk to where all the superstars stand, right? Yeah. And some people might think he's the biggest superstar of all of them. If you just think about, like, his football life to this point, obviously Bosa's have been great, but if you just said, all right, here's a photo, it's Debo, it's McCaffrey, it's Trent Williams, it's Bosa, it's Fred Warner. Uh, 
who did I forget? I left somebody out. Oh, Purdy. But if you just said, here's these guys, right? Like Christian, like I've just thought about what, what you just said when I've seen like some locker room. There was a photo Use from check. Sunday Juice, obviously. <laughs> there was a photo from the post game the other night. <clears throat> and it was more, I think it was Fred. It might have been, was it Fred, Nick, and Christian? Kind of just like still on their pads in the locker room. And just looking at it like, holy, look at these guys. Like, look at these three guys. Look at that guy. When do you just add a guy like that in the middle of a season to a team? And then he, you know, we can debate who's their most important. I mean, Bosa's been freaky important. But you see the clip on social media last week? It was Chris Forster was talking to the media. And he was saying that, like, McCaffrey came up to him after the game. And this would have been after the Miami game. And obviously they just, you know, went 33 to 17, enormous win. And it's like, fuck, this team might be really good. And he said, McCaffrey came up to me and was like, you know, I, I missed an assignment on pass pro. I, that, that won't happen again. And Forster looks at him. He's like, he's like, bro, you, you, we just won 33 to 17. You, you're fine. Like, relax. We're good, man. Celebrate. This is, give me a hug. Like, just chill. But he's like, that's the type guy he is. Uh, Coward last week had Montana on. He has he has Burrow on every every week on his podcast, and he brought Montana on, and the, it was the three of them. And, but it was basically just Montana and Burrow, and I watched it, and I've listened a couple times, but watching like Joe Burrow is, and I text Colin, I'm like, you know, Joe reminds me a lot of like the Warriors guys, just very calm, like just very very impressive, and then I was like. McCaffrey is like one thing I've noticed. McCaffrey has felt a lot like a warrior, mm -hmm. it, like just watching his press conferences and like reading things, the way people talk about him. Like, I guess not that I didn't think he was like that, but you just, you're not focused in on a really guy when he's on, on an irrelevant team. He's a really, really high level guy. And the guys, Kyle, like think of the guys that he leans on. And this is where I give him a lot of credit is, from the Trent Williams move to obviously trading for, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, even his quarterback room is Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, and Jimmy Garoppolo, like really high. Like I give Kyle credit on this. He has a, and he gets shit on this when people talk about his quarterbacks historically is like, I think he's got a pretty good feel for what works. D'Amico. I mean, D'Amico was like known as Mufasa. I think that was his nickname, like super high level Everywhere he went, team captain, people fucking loved him. That's Kyle's guy. <laughs> you know, what happened last year? You know, Welker and Ayuk didn't get along. Who did he sign with? Fucking Ayuk. Wes, you're not. Who else didn't get along with Welker? Belichick. You know, I'm, and I, I'm not anti-Welker, but, you know, I got to give Kyle some credit on that. <laughs> you know, I, I choose Ayuk over Welker, too. And even Ayuk mentioned it earlier in the season. He's like, you know, people, he said it after the Miami game. He's like, yeah, people know. Like, actually, we don't. Me and Welker used to butt heads a little bit, but I went up and saw love. I didn't, that was news to me. But I could, I mean, this Welker ain't here randomly. Yeah. That's interesting. I, Kyle's I, got a pretty good feel. Like, all of his guys are just not fuck around guys. Like, it's a very, it's a lot of serious cats, man. What did they do? Extend Greenlaw early in the season. What's Greenlaw? Turn into fucking like Bowman Jr. I mean, well, how did they see this coming? 
It's crazy. It's probably why they have maybe a slightly different view of McGlinchey than the public does, right? Or everybody else does. But the difference is, like, I, I can live with a Greenlaw missed tackle. It's like McGlinchey. No, I understand. But I'm just saying, like, he he fits the their profile of guy. Okay, well, I'll resign him one year, two million. I mean, I don't, I don't think you said this. Kyle's in love with Usechek, right? In Who fairness, I've never heard Kyle defend McGlinchey. It's more Lynch. Yeah, that's true. Um, all Kyle the running backs just... they've had for the most part. Mostert had some weird trade demand or whatever, and they basically ignored him, right? But but um, I see all the running backs kind of feel like they fit that mold. Marquise Goodwin wasn't, you know, the not quite that guy. He, he's gone. Well, who's like, I mean, they clear Hufunga. I, to me, Hufunga. Yeah, yeah, Hufunga. Like, I mean, I text a buddy today. He's like, you know where I fucked up evaluating him? I underestimated like his instincts. I had him as a linebacker. And clearly, he's got limitations in the back end. But you saw tonight. And even, I think, again, Herbie. I thought Herbie was pretty locked in tonight. Even though they can't say it's Ebu Cam. It's like, it's just Samson Ebu Cam. It's a pretty easy name to say. Him and Al struggle with that one. Which, in fairness, if you don't follow... I feel like Al was saying it Herbie's way to kind of cover her. <laughs> Which I, I'll, I'll give you a pass. It's not, like, it's not like Fred Smith. But the one thing you see with Hufunga that I bet they loved... One, they loved in college. He was just crushing people. But then I bet you get to know him and like him. He's like, oh, he's our type guy. But you would think a lot of other coaches would really like him. You know, if you told me like the Patriots loved him, Andy Reid would like him. Some some teams though get like, and this is where Kyle has gotten criticism over the years. Like he'll lean with the less physical traits for the guy, and so a lot of coaches that like high level guys would just be like, yeah, he's not fast enough to play on our defense, right? Because that's the not like Hufanga just speed in the space. They're like, yeah, can't do it. Kyle's like, yeah, we'll figure it out. He's a high high level guy. It doesn't show. I mean, you did this for a profession. Sometimes you just have to purdy, hufunga. You just have to see it play out on a field before you can really know the projections. So Kyle leans with, at minimum, I can trust the person, and I know he'll compete, right? And for both those guys, for example, hufunga gets to play on a defense with Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward, Travarius Ward, right? I mean, Lenore's becoming shit. I mean, feels like a pretty solid player. <laughs> uh, he has. I'll say this too for Kyle. You and I have talked about this over the years, and it's not really a compliment anyone wants to hear, but like his teams have never, even when they've been bad, they've never felt like they lay down. And his teams do seem to deal with adversity pretty well, right? Like his teams year to year have dealt with a lot of adversity. And they deal with they really handle adversity well. Now this year they are thriving through adversity. Again, we we did it. What was the list of teams that have played started three quarterbacks that we came up with? Rams, uh, Rams, the Panthers started started is what we wanted to go with. I think it ends. I think it ends there. The Jets, but Flacco played, but he didn't start. He didn't. Oh wait, Flacco did start early in the year though, didn't he? Uh, I think that was last year. <laughs> okay. Um, I think. So if we're forgetting a team, but that's... The, you know, the, th- potentially, that was either last year or this year, but yeah. Historically, starting three quarterbacks, I, you know, I think you said this the other day, it doesn't take a, 
uh, well, look at the Panthers. Research. Look at the Panthers and the Rams. They're having a rough season. Yeah, it's 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 a recipe for a disaster. And Kyle Shanahan's going to win the, and the his third guy's a rookie. One thing and I saw credit too for picking this guy over Sudfeld, right? Well, yeah, they noticed it early on. Oh yeah, he, the beginning of the season. Remember, yeah, Flacco did start early. Totally forgot. Oh yeah, because he got hurt in the preseason, huh? He like yeah. rolled his his knee. Good call. Zach Wilson's at a Zach Wilson and Trey have had bizarre careers, huh? But you know what? In the history of sports, more often than not, those type careers happen than Patrick Mahomes, right? I think we all this is the thing. We all think, and more often than not, Brock Purdy becomes Kirk Cousins. Right? That's usually how it happens. This is there's yeah, a tried yeah. most people are not like Number one overall pick called up after year one, Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, that's those guys like this guy, Andy Reid trades up five years later, best quarterback ever. Like, that's usually not the way it works. Right. It's like all the hype, all the hype sucks. All the hype, all the hype average. All the hype, all the hype traded. You know, it's usually it's like not that much hype, not that much hype. Dak Prescott, you know, that's just, that's usually the way it goes. Do you think, you know, it does make me wonder. It's what makes, honestly, sports pretty cool. It, well, 100%. Because that everybody universally goes, you can't win like this. And here they are. They've won. It does make me wonder if Kyle would have, like, would he have drafted Zach Wilson? Because it feels like Zach, at the most important position, would have not been a total fit with the guys that Kyle typically likes from a personality standpoint, leadership yeah. standpoint. But I don't. I don't think so. Because I, I have friends that weren't huge fans. We'd all right. We talked about it. There were plenty of there was plenty of whispers before the year. Yeah. One of the benefits of drafting character guys, they don't give up. Says Benjamin. Um, Pancho Villa says Kyle deserves Coach of the Year. He's winning with three different QBs. So we talked about this through the day. Possible Coach of the Year. Um, you know, it's going to be hard to take it from uh, Nick Sirianni. I What's think. his minimum? Fifteen and two. Number one seed, does he get it? Lock. And even if he goes 13 and three, which means he finishes, I mean, 13 and four, right? Yeah, he'd have to lose out, though, right? Or go one and three down the street. One and three. Even that, are they still the one seed then? No, I mean, the Niners actually could end up, we'll see Minnesota, the Niners could, Philly's not doing that. But, um, yeah, I think my well, coach Dallas, of the year Dallas only has three losses, and they still play Philly. Dallas only, yeah, it's true. Dallas I'm saying, like, game this week against the Jags. One. Jags are hot Saturday night. They're putting up no. Christmas Eve. Oh no, that's next week. That's next week. Yeah. Wait, Jags. Dallas Jags is this week? Yeah, it's like I think it's Sunday morning. So, oh, Eagles Cowboys is Saturday night, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, yeah. What number is that sucker gonna do? <laughs> That's the Saturday night Christmas Eve game. Thanksgiving game. Eagles Cowboys. I'm not gonna lie. I haven't even looked ahead that far. I only that, I that heard Greg Olson. That feels like it gets caught up. Like I, the the only reason I I was even thinking about it is because I listened to Greg Olson on a podcast talking about. It. He's like, you know, I haven't been to Jacksonville before. <laughs> oh, that's the game they're doing. They're doing that this week because it's the Cowboys. I mean, it's just. He never even played Jacksonville as a player. Well, he didn't say. He just I, I, I took it as hadn't broadcasted, but I'm sure he went and played there before. 
No, maybe not. I mean, he played for like the Bears in Seattle. Right. Yeah, so Niners. Oh God, Niners. Niners play at the same time as Eagles Cowboys. So it's not the night game. It's the afternoon game. No, the the night game on Saturday, John. You know, the night game. The night game. The standalone five fifteen Pacific night game. Raiders Steelers. <laughs> Raiders Steelers. Can that be flexed? How many games? You're telling me Saturday Cowboys overloaded with games. Well, there's only three games on Sunday. I guess Christmas Day. Okay. Why wouldn't you move Cowboys? What are we doing? All right. I I just want to finish this point on Shanahan, Um, and we can complain about that on beginning of next week's pot. so I would put Shanahan right now. Not the old. It's the only sport where you start talking about next week's game, whereas this week's still being talked about. No other sport does that. Um, I would put Shanahan right now. I'd go Sirianni, Kyle. I'd go Sirianni and then Kyle right now. Coach of the year. Yeah, I, who would Zach Kyle Taylor, be behind in the well, Zach Taylor won the Super Bowl, so even if he wins thirteen games, like it's like what? Yeah. And he's not, I mean, that's, that's legit. He's Andy not ain't getting it. No, which always sucks. Like, we, we think you're Rabel's, gonna... Rabel's falling off a map. McDermott, Buffalo. <clears throat> yeah. Legitimate candidate. I mean, he's legit. <clears throat> like, I, to me, like, you have a great team. You deserve. But, I mean, are they a great team? Do they, whatever. Um, I think Kyle, I think it's Kyle number two right now. Feels like it's going to be very difficult for him to get it. Yeah, he just as long as Philly's the one seed to me, yes, <clears throat> that that's been there getting it. But McVeigh, this is what like Mike here's McCann. what Shane falling off, right? Yeah, fall, uh, Miami's in trouble. This is all we wanted out of Kyle. Like I just pulled up Sean McDermott because I was like, has he ever won Coach of the Year before? He hasn't. But like in 2017, he first got there. Remember that? Remember that year? Andy Dalton threw a game-winning touchdown against like the Ravens, and they had donated everyone to the charity, and they got in at nine and seven. Yeah, so yeah. that was a weird year, but they got in at nine and seven, and then they they actually weren't that good. The next year they missed; they went six and ten. Then once they get Josh Allen, they basically go ten and six, thirteen and three, eleven and six, and this year they're going to win thirteen plus games. But just every year, playoffs, 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 play. You right, just right. like the Chiefs, wouldn't you just chalk up the Bills? Like if Josh Allen's healthy playoffs for the next you know they've made it four straight years another five straight, like you know nine ten just straight years of making playoffs and that's what's crazy about kyle where he's going to get a lot of respect is like he's doing it with jimmy garoppolo and brock purdy you know sean mcdermott should be doing what he's doing and it's impressive and andy reed with Mahomes, like that's impressive or now zach taylor with burrow like that's what you that's what you do when you get fucking john elway dan marino right tom brady peyton manning you just go to the playoffs Roethlisberger. It, even Tomlin's like, yes, yeah, this year's going to be exciting. I remember listening to a podcast this offseason where he's like, you know, I'm excited the juice of not having been around and having to prove myself. Mm. How's it going? They're going to miss. You know, it's hard. <laughs> it's it's very, very difficult. And this is the importance of having a coach that controls a side of the ball and specifically the offense, right? Because he can manipulate this. It'd be This is where coaches get in trouble where it's like, Fire this motherfucker. It's like, well, well, yeah, he can. But like, what's the head coach doing? Just giving rally speeches. Right. High fiving guys during the week in the in the team room. Like organizing meetings. 
just like, using the practice plan that his that the guy he worked for used before. I like my I like my coach to control the side of the yeah. ball. Specifically, yeah. Like offense. Brandon Staley in defense. If, but if, you know what? If In fairness to him, if he was awesome and their defense was sweet, you'd be like, fuck yeah. Sweet defensive coordinator, head coach, and Herbert. Uh, let's talk about the 49ers defense, John. We can talk about a few guys. But here's a nugget they had on the Amazon broadcast. The Niners defense has 14 interceptions and has allowed 12 passing touchdowns. They're the only team in the NFL that has more interceptions than touchdowns allowed. Um, although have, I would say they have a pick tonight. Uh, well, they had the Lenore pick that got erased and the fumble bounced like it perfectly into, uh, uh, like, like it was a pick. They've gotten but, some good, uh, fumble bounces this year. Huh? Yeah, it was a good fumble bounce, <laughs> but uh, it was just a complete, I mean, we could go through the list and talk about all the guys. I mean, you mentioned Lenore's playing really well. Mooney Ward was very, I mean, was toe-to-toe with DK Metcalf. Um, I guess we'll have to check on Jimmy Ward's health, right? He left that game. Greenlaw was incredible. Yeah, concussion protocol. Well, I don't know protocol. Just went into the tent, hit his head, I think, on the ground. Um, I mean, he throws his body around like a fucking reckless, like he doesn't give a shit, which I like. Well, he was the first guy there on the Greenlaw forced fumble. The first guy there was Jimmy. Crushed him. Yeah. These guys tackle. Man, they just I mean Seattle was you could tell for the first half, no match for this front. No. I mean I I to me Ward tonight Wait, like Mooney you, Ward went in the tent? Not Jimmy? Well, he came back and he came back in the game. Well, Mooney Trevor, went in the tent and came back. Yeah, Trevarius because he was running around the sideline, but he came back in the game. The whole chat is telling me I'm I've got the wrong ward. Well, we got multiple it would wars. Be fine, if they both came back, I th- okay. Anyway, continue. To me, if I sign a corner to a lot of money, and you know Richard always pushed back on this, like it's about the defense, not shadowing. Which I, I get it, like you know the defense, like I don't shadow for a reason. I'm cool because he was always adamant, right? In the defense, the 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 Pete Carroll defense, we don't change sides. That was always, remember, yes, the peak of I him do. and Revis and even with the 49ers. Like, you guys do not understand the scheme, which I like. I don't, Richard. And I, sure, I'm, I'm a fan, but I'm sorry. If I pay a premium for my sweet corner, if I'm going up against Jerry Rice to DK Metcalf to Tyreek Hill, I want my guy to chase that guy around. Isn't that the way basketball works, right? If I, I got Kawhi Leonard, if you got Steph Curry, I'm going to throw Kawhi Leonard on Steph Curry. Like, that's the point of defense. And tonight... Maybe it's happened before, but it felt like really in our face. He was just following DK Metcalf. And my girlfriend was like, is that a wide receiver? I'm like, yeah, he's like the biggest wide receiver in the league. He's a fucking monster. I showed her the picture of like him with the shirt off with Pete Carroll. I'm like, yeah, there's, he doesn't look like anyone else, <laughs> right? And he's an incredible player. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's actually really good, too. He's not just this enormous guy. And they were fucking going blows. And I was like, this is why you sign him, you know? Yeah, good obviously, Ty, I think smaller receivers are going to be hard. He's a bigger guy. He just went fucking toe to toe with that guy. Yeah, you had to feel if you're John Lynch and Kyle's probably not thinking like John and Adam Peters are up in the box. Like, this is why we signed this motherfucker. This is sweet. This is this is where we get credit. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yep, I agree. Uh, I guess Kyle, we've not heard Kyle post game. Kyle said after the game that Mooney Ward passed the concussion test on the sideline, but he held him out. Kyle, Long season. Out. Yeah, just good guys. Yeah. Tell the truth. (laughs) 
Um, Bosa? I mean, did he win the Defensive Player of the Year award tonight? I think he's the leader of the clubhouse. I, I mean, I know Mike apart. Mike is going to play. Look, the season's not done. The Cowboys are going to play some huge games on big time stage. Micah Parsons got a shot, but I think the thing that you see with Nick, and I think you probably see this with Micah Parsons too. For every one sack he gets, he gets six almost sacks. You know, he just affects the game on every single snap, every single snap. I. I don't know if there's been a – I mean, he's on the short list of defensive players that you could just lock in on him, watch, and you would you would really enjoy just watching the game. Just lock in on Nick and just watch. Because he is around the ball a lot on a pass play and on a run play. So you don't really miss anything if you just watch Nick because he's going to get to the quarterback right before the quarterback throws the football probably. Well, doesn't or he feel like, like, you know, the, the old, old coaches like Bill Parcell sitting in his house or – Parcells feels way older than Jimmy Johnson, even though they're both probably like in their seventies or you know, Bill's probably eighty now. That like that generation that are still kind of alive when they're talking to their friends or whatever, like that's the guy. They're like, this guy could have fucking played in our day in eighty three. Chris Long, I just I just typed in Bosa to Twitter. He's like, you don't need to overthink the defensive player of the year. It's Nick Bosa, best oh. player on the best defense at a premium position. Just playing wins his one on ones. I love me some Micah Parsons, no matter how much I disagree with his Jalen take. He'll get one. It's just Bosa's year. I, I think start to finish, I just don't see how he doesn't win it. And if he does, I mean, there there were some incredible, incredible Willis seasons. This is probably one of the better 49er, you know, defensive seasons Post, you know, from their start in their run in like 1981. I bet Ronnie Lott had some years. You know, Charles Haley, uh, Deion Sanders had the one year in 94. Willis had some incredible years. I know Alden had the 19 sack year, but it felt like Willis was their best defensive player. I mean, Nick is, I just think like he's a transcendent talent. That's what's crazy. Like his brother was really, you know, drafted third overall and was awesome. And it was worth a when healthy, every team in the league would break him off a hundred million dollars. Feels like Nick's way better. Feels like Nick is like Vaughn when he was young, just like an unstoppable force. You know, Khalil had the one year the thing with Nick. It feels like it's just this is going to translate as long as he stays healthy for years because he's not like predicated off strength. He's strong, but it's all speed and moves and. That's why Herbie was like, oh, he's figured him out. It's like he figured him out. It's like a Taekwondo master. You know, like he knows where he's trying to like put his hands. Nick, Nick is not just picking you up and shoving you back. That's actually, I'd say his last move, you, you rarely see just the bull rush, which is something I think over time that is diminishes. Why why has Vaughn Miller had such a long career? Because he goes around you. You know? And he, there was a play tonight where even they were like, look how low he is. No. But it's low, but he's not breaking stride. Now, I, I'm not trying to be a homer or whatever, but well, I, that, think, I don't think that roughing are. the that roughing the passer was one of the stupider calls of the year. It's funny, Bosa said after the game. I saw people were telling us in the chat that, and I saw a few tweets that he thought it was a good call. <laughs> Playing what's the rule? You just, you, just you just can't fall on him. 
Yeah, you can't like with the whole force of your body drive them into the turf. But it, it didn't feel very violent, did it to you? I thought it was violent. I hate the call, though. Fundamentally hate the call. I, as you said to me in a text, what's he supposed to do? Float? <laughs> Skip, uh, skip. Also, I hate to admit it. That's Skip Bayless. I hate to admit this publicly, but right now the 49ers pass rusher is better than the Cowboys. You know that and right says? now Nick Bosa is playing at a much higher level than Micah Parsons. You know what that tells me he's trying to motivate Micah. No, that one of the producers was like, you know, Skip, talking Niners actually isn't that much worse than talking Cowboys for the ratings. So if you want to take any shots that you could go not, if you wanted to pivot to Niners. That'd be fine for the ratings. Now, don't pivot to the, you know, don't pivot to uh, the Bills. That's not going to work for us. Don't pivot to uh, the Chiefs. I mean, they're great, but that's not going to work for us. But if you want to pivot Niners, we're going to do the same numbers. So do whatever you want. That's what that tells me. All of a sudden, John, just skip, stop playing the game for a second to tweet about Nick Bosa. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I don't think so. So I think what, what you said, Chris Long said, he is on the number one defense. He's the best player on the number one defense. Like to me, a lot of defensive rankings don't matter in like just in, you know, just like general, you belly up to a bar order with Tito's and soda, start talking football. The one thing that ever, you just hear people say the number one defense, the number one defense that just resonates in a way that, you know, there are a lot of things that are probably better DVOA and all kinds of other, do you say number one? Well, probably number one DVOA. I mean, we can check. <clears throat> Well, you, you know, before Russell Westbrook defense. won the MVP that one year for the Thunder and they were like the six or seven seed, I think historically for like 30 straight years, the MVP in the NBA had come from a first or second seed. And I bet if we looked at the MVP in football, I would say for 30 years, the majority of the MVP was on like either the first or second seed. Like you're usually like the reason would Jalen Hurts be the MVP if they were the if they instead of being 12 and one, they were. You know, no nine and three, right? No. It's it's part of being twelve and one, which it's like. And I think most people disagree. Yeah, yeah, I got no problem with it, right? If Mahomes right now, if it was, if if you reverse the records and they were nine and three and the or ten and three and the Chiefs were twelve and one, we'd be like, oh, Mahomes going to win it, no doubt about it. So like that matters with the other awards. This one, I would say the only reason Mike has a chance is on the Cowboys, right? If if Micah Parsons, who is an awesome player, we all agree. Like no one's no one's disputing that he's not like in that tier. But if Micah Parsons was, let's just pick a a fringe play. Let's the football team. It would be like oh, Bosa already won it, right? It'd be already be over. And in fairness to Micah, like he he built up a Bosa like hype last year as a defensive rookie it of the helps. year. You come into the and, year with it, that helps. And remember we. Because when we talked about Drake Jackson, could he get defensive rookie of the year? He's not, I don't think he's going to get it. Uh, you're like, well, usually when you're the defensive rookie of the year, it just turns out you're going to be one of the best players in the league for the yeah, foreseeable yeah, yeah. future. And that's what Micah Parsons like. Yeah, the defensive rookie of the year. And I'm going to be a depoy candidate for the next five straight years. And that's the case. You could argue like these two guys might be in the mix if they stay healthy for the next, I don't know, several years. Sure. <laughs> I mean, the only thing is Nick is playing his best football right now. And obviously, Micah, you know, they're both coming in. Nick's coming into his. In, in, Give up carbs. Time. Give up carbs. That's dedication. Uh, well, hold on now. Niners have played in 14 games, right? So, Bosa, it's hard, like, right after a game ends to get the stats right. Bosa's got one, three, four, six, seven, 15 and a half. It is 15 and a half. Is that correct? 
Well, Stats and Info tweeted that out tonight. Okay, so um, if it's 15 and a half, then he's matched last year's sack total already. He, he did. Yeah. Okay. Um, John, before I uh, before we go any further, I just got a uh, he he. I mean, technically, he's obviously other teams have not played. He's the league leader. He's the league leader. Um, I just got <laughs> I just got a DM uh, from one of our uh, listeners. This is Corey. Uh, for those of you watching, he just sent me this photo of him in the living room <laughs> watching the show. You can see there we are. Up on the screen. Uh, are we gonna get flagged for this? <laughs> you think this is a YouTube violation? I, I don't know if you, I don't think you're allowed to put nudes on the YouTube. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a it's a butt cheek. You can show a butt cheek. Yeah, you can show a butt cheek. Maybe hold on. Let me uh, let me do some photo editing there. <laughs> uh, for those of you listening, it's it's uh, he's naked. He's naked watching the show. <laughs> I, trust me, I don't care. Well, I know. No, the number one thing is I just don't want to get flagged on YouTube. Yeah. Nobody reported. I'm butt cheek. I mean, shit. I'm not going to kill anybody. Um, Wow. Incredible stuff. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that's Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. I, mean, I didn't know butt cheeks qualified as nudity. But I guess you're right. Yeah, I mean, not. I would say for millennials, no. Um, do we need to McCaffrey? Do we need to check on McCaffrey post game? Uh, the only, I mean, Buck Mason is the closer. I saw a, um, Akash put in our. I guess there was a quote that McCaffrey said after the game. He calls Jordan Mason Mariano Rivera. He's a closer. Little odd to just ride McCaffrey all day, and then when it comes to winning time. Put the game away. Buck Mason gets the well, handle. Well, if we're if we were going to talk tonight's been a happy show. Win the NFC East, or I mean West, on uh, December fifteenth. If we were going to be critical, or just might not want to do that all the time, is is he overriding this guy? It's kind of crazy. Like I, I understand you traded the farm for him. You've idolized his father. Uh, you you probably. You know, I've known the family since you were a kid. Shit, you could have Christmas with them and you wouldn't even notice the difference between them and your own family. It does seem a little over aggressive the way they're riding Christian when every single time the backup comes in, he's fine. We're not saying like Christian just split carries, but like for every seven of his, maybe give two to the other guy just to give the guy a, br- a breather. He's riding this guy like he's a high school player, and this guy's going to Alabama, and it's like, why wouldn't I give it to him? It's like, Kyle, fucking Jordan Mason clearly fits the scheme. It's three straight weeks of like, God, Kyle, he runs his ass off. He runs hard. He's I understand he's a rookie, so you never know when he's going to fumble. I would say that's the number one thing that probably like coaches are hesitant. Like, he hasn't proven. They're stripping, you know, ball security. But, Johnny, put him in the game in a one-score game. Well, was just Christian out of gas? He'd had 75 touches. I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe let's manage the gas in the engine a little bit then. It seems like they're riding this guy like he's Walter Payton. And I like Christian McCaffrey. Uh, who does? why you don't want him to ride him because you like he, Christian. He's been awesome. But I do think Kyle's treating him a little bit like you would Walter Payton in his prime, Adrian Peterson in his prime, or like LaDainian Thomas in his prime. He's a really good player. But, like, he can come off the field like every third series for – two steps, right? And he does not. 
I, he he did not come out of the game in the first half. Twenty did twenty four enter the game till the fourth quarter. Uh, he got a game right after I uh, tweeted an image of an invisible person and said, "This is how Kyle sees Buck Mason." So he definitely did not come in the first half. No, I, he did not have a carry in the first half. McCaffrey had, which I, I would say the craziest part about this guy half? is for five straight years, Shanahan, and he's obviously had good running backs. I would say no one of the name recognition. Nineteen of first half touches. He never treated any of these other guys like. Christian McCaffrey. We didn't like him. He didn't love him. Christian Christian's one of his best receivers. Christian's well, I get a that. fantastic receiver. But I'm not saying you can't throw him the ball. I'm no, just I saying, like, the fourth series of the game, like, hey, just how about just throw Mason in there for two snaps? Even if you don't give him the ball, call pass plays. But, like, Christian's just in there nonstop. He treats him like you would a right guard. Hell, they even rotate the guard. Remember, it's like Burford, you know what? Every five series, he comes out of the game for a breather. They did that for like the first 10 weeks. McCaffrey's like, no, we're fucking going down swinging. I, know. I feel like he plays more than Trent Williams in the game. McCaffrey's in the game. It's like, Jesus. He's taking – he was getting peppered tonight. Well, he doesn't doesn't seem like many of his runs end out of bounds. Maybe it's because of how solid he is. All of the collisions are just – it's like two head-on – I mean, I guess every football collision is a head-on collision, but his are just brick walls. Feels like he would, if he took the hit backwards, absorb some of the contact. Maybe it would be, but he is just a brick wall. So he, he got, just he got peppered and everybody guy. just stops right in their spot. He had twenty six carries for one hundred and eight yards. He had six catches for thirty yards. He had eight targets. So, um, you know, you can get hit on a target even if it's not a catch. That can be a collision. The one that actually there was with two dudes us. were on his back. Yeah, he got. <laughs> Um, so I'm, I don't, I think it's one of those things, everybody universally, the week after we watched Debo get hurt, you just, could you, could you, well, he, he, he would treat it differently if Elijah Mitchell was there. I know we saw that, but it's just illogical. If you're going to give Buck Mason does, I don't know if he knows that's his nickname, but if you're going to give him carries in a one score game at the end of the game. How about just give him a couple earlier and then just take a little heat off of Christian? And what about also preparing him for the possibility there may be a quarter where he has to play? It happened already this year, right? Guy, he's already been hurt. He On this serious knee injury. Like, I, no one's questioning the guy's toughness. He's proven it back in Stanford. The guy's a war daddy. He's tough. I, I would treat him a little bit like a modern-day running back where we just – we have some other pitches for some other guys, especially when you have this young guy who honestly, I think looks fucking sweet that that run at the end of the game. And I get it was the end of the game. And, but you just kind of had me thinking like, God, if this guy got some more carries, could he bust some longer runs? He runs violently. Honestly, he reminds me of remember when Pete had Chris Carson and he was just so violent and they had yeah. violent running backs, you know, cause Christian is he he runs into collisions, but I wouldn't call him a violent player. I feel like Buck, I know his name's Jordan, but runs with like a motherfucker. You think I'm an undrafted free agent? I'll make you pay. That's probably why Kyle likes him and the team he's likes like, him. He's like, guys, you, you aren't you watching Brock Purdy? I can be your Brock Purdy running backs. There's nobody else. You got nobody else. Let me do this. Well, think about what that guy's bringing to the table that 
a guy from LSU who was viewed when he was drafted and everyone, you and I reached out to people like everyone liked him. Like that's a hell of a pick. Tight you, end and I, yeah. you and I talked to John Lynch on the sideline. He's like in training camp. He's like, we never thought he was going to be that guy's awesome. I'm like, fuck me too. I watched the highlights. I'm like, what a pick, John, what a pick. All of a sudden that guy can't touch Mason, right? Clearly. I mean, it's, we see the hierarchy, Like Mason is getting playoff touches guy. How many? We don't know. But, I mean, he's he's the guy. If McCaffrey rolls an ankle or whatever, who actually, who knows? I could see Kyle giving 75 carries to Christian in a playoff game. That's Kyle's wet dream right there. I, I just think that it's feels a little overkill. Tonight, especially, when it's like, God, you're way better in this team. But, it, you know, it's just like the it's the Debo game. Last week, everyone was telling me, John's 21 to nothing. It's only the first half. Brady's got comebacks. And today, Kyle, and to be fair to Kyle, he could easily argue, look, guys, it's a two-score game. I mean, what, what you know, Seattle scores, bam, all of a sudden it's a one-score game. And I gotta, I'm trying to win today. I gotta go with McCaffrey, but you obviously trust. I just go back to you, you know, we always like to say coaches tell you what they think by their actions. You've said that a lot. Well, if Jordan Mason's getting carries in a one-score game <laughs> where you have to pick up the first down, you end the game then I think your actions say you do trust him a little bit or you're just out of other options and something wrong with Christian, one of the two. You see, but the Debo thing last week was argument like how you should use him, right, in, for injury. I'm not even arguing Christian McCaffrey injuries. I'm just arguing the best way to keep guys fresh. Yeah. Right? Like, <clears throat> is McCaffrey fresher and more explosive in the fourth quarter if instead of having – 20 touches through three quarters he has 14 because mason got a couple got three and well, seven call, can, can we can, can we split you, the difference make it 17 you threw passes to Ayuk. i understand christian wants to play we all want christian to play I, we're all glad he's here but i just <laughs> i think treating him like earl campbell in his prime it feels a little nuts and, and part of it is it's a little unlike the Niners have operated, I would say, for five years with their running backs. And I get he's more famous than, but you know, Mozart was really good for them, right? When he was humming in the in nineteen, they just they gave balls to multiple people. They just kind of rotated. Maybe that's an Anthony Lynn thing. Maybe Mike McDaniel is more of an equitable coach when it, when it came to throwing guys in there. I don't know. Sorry, the video of the Niners coming through the tunnel just appeared in my timeline. <laughs> I, you sent me a screenshot. I had not quite seen the video of just. Bro, he was in the front. I was just arriving for battle. What well, wasn't. What I think is the coolest part about it is like 71 is always in the front. It's usually 71 and 19, you know, two of your best players. You could argue two your two best players. I like Bosa. Well, those guys were, no, you know, Debo's at home, Instagramming at his house with his kid. Stories. So it's like Ebba, it's not even Ebba, yeah, it's Ebba Cam. But to me, Danny Gray, who has been injured in warmups, and is you did he get hurt tonight? Yeah, I because I said I feel one more score and Shanahan's going deep to him. And everyone started tweeting me like he's got a hamstring, which I didn't even see. He is he if you watched it live when he's rolling out. His confidence on this walk is like, in his mind, he is Trent's equal. Like I'm, I'm on the Niners. He's on the Niners. I'm wearing the jersey. He's wearing the jersey. I fucking got a helmet. I got like we're we're going to battle. Seattle. I could, 
I could see, and you tweeted like these uniforms are fire. I could see you just look at yourself in the mirror in that uniform before you hit the field, and you're like, holy shit, I look fucking sweet. They do look pretty good, don't they? How dare I was honestly like, I'm not mocking the Seahawks uniforms necessarily, but for them to put that on when the Niners, it'd be like the Niners dressed in a really nice black tie event, a gorgeous tuxedo, and the Seahawks showed up in, in the Dumb and Dumber Tuxes tonight. It's kind of their uniform, though. I know, but that. It doesn't even fully match. Like, it's just bad. Like, it's uh, that uniform's terrible. I'm going to push back. No, Maybe I'm numb bad. to it over the yeah. years. Like, I, I, it's just these guys showed up in such a classic uniform. How about we get a classic Seahawks uniform for the game? Is Seattle like a classic team, though? Uh, no, I mean, their history with a classic uniform, they were one of the worst franchises in sports. Yeah, it's not, it's not like you're playing Pittsburgh or Dallas or something. I mean, it's just, I, I guess what I'm saying is I, it's, I'm kind of, it feels normal when I see those them in that kind of green, pukey, neon, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, it's like leftover from when the league used to do color rush jerseys. I guess part of it though is like I, since they've been good, I feel I've seen them in those play a lot of games. Like I, I they well, they built up credibility. Highlighter. Like the highlighter with the blue pants, it was like they didn't like they left their pants in the dryer wet, and they had to put on some other pants. It just yeah, tough look. Wasn't quite working. Um, let's see. Kittle, we want to talk about him. Look good. Uh, NFC big picture is we could talk. We don't have to talk about the NFC big picture tonight, but the future. You know, Minnesota is only a four point favorite at home against fighting Jeff Saturdays on Saturday morning. Like Seriously? Vegas, people do not think Minnesota's good. Well, that Minnesota, I identify with, but still, the Colts four points. coming off a bye, fighting Jeff Saturdays. What's Saturday? What's Jeff's record off a of bye? Career? Uh, I mean, I don't think he's. I don't think he's won a game since he played the Raiders. But <laughs> he did, I did see a quote. Or, oh, you showed me that he's interested in the job, and I saw. Did you see the still shot of her stay at the owners' meetings with a cigarette and the golf cart? The golf cart. What did you smoke? Throwing darts, basically. Yeah, I mean, what is that? What, what he, was that? It had to be an owners' meeting, right? Oh, I wait assume. a second. They, this was. We just we missed Ursay's concert. Tonight? No, it was on the bye. He, he, he last oh, week. Shit. Um. Wow, Vikings a four point. I mean, that would be that's a like that's that game a, doesn't do anything to me. Like I, I, you, the Colts, I just refuse to give time to. But you tell you know, tell me it's what a close I, game the fourth quarter. Yeah, or you, you just be like, hey, it's ten ten at half. I'll be like, fuck yeah, go Colts. That's a um. Ten a.m. That's a ten a.m. Saturday game. Do you feel a lot differently about the 49ers if they're the two or the three seed? No. Because like, I that's what one in Minnesota. They feel a little bit like Alabama would in a playoffs. Like, whatever. I mean, let them in to see what happens. Like, I'm not worried about their seeding. Where it does matter, like, the, I do think the Philly game, like, that would be hard, obviously. You'd rather – but that's not – doesn't feel attainable. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's not so much about the value of the three versus the two or the two versus the three so much as it is if they end up with the two seed, what does that mean for the way they've continued to play? You know, it's more about that. Like, it means Minnesota's lost maybe a game they shouldn't lose, and it means the Niners are, are right in the playoffs on – What were they? Yeah, do they finish 10 straight wins? Yeah, it's, it's, it's which is a little – feels a, you know, a little scary, but um, – you know, maybe you rest all the starters for the Raider game. Uh, 
It would probably be one of the if they did finish if they did win out Washington Raiders Arizona, which they're going to be favored in all three of these games, right? right. Uh, I'd have to look. I mean, I would imagine it's one of the longer winning streaks in franchise history, right? How many teams in the NFL have ten game winning streaks? Like that's, I'd imagine that's a pretty long winning streak. Like half the franchise in the NFL haven't sniffed that. And that's. Seven games a lot of, is a long winning streak. I mean, seven games is basically you just haven't lost a game in two months. Think about that. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I'm searching, but heaven, it looks like it's going to be a, a more challenging search than I thought. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of like, it, it's kind oh, of an irrelevant. Yeah, it's not it's not an irrelevant thing, but. Uh, what's the longest winning streak? The longest winning streak in the San Francisco, fifteen games. 1989. But this, I remember this happened with the Patriots, and it concluded in the 90 season. Like, I don't count those. Right, right. You want one season. Yeah. Like, they won nine straight games, right, in 2019. So the winning streak started November 27th, 1989. They won through, won the Super Bowl, and then it ended November 25th, 1990. Like, that that doesn't count. (laughs) Yeah, we're looking for single season win streaks. They went 10 and 0 in 90. Like, that's. Christopher that's 10 straight wins. Like that's Christopher in our research department. I would guess the 10 games is the franchise record, right? In one season, which is fucking hard to do. You, you could have three five game winning streaks and go, what? I mean, right. Or three, two five games and a four game and finish right, right. 15 and two. Like that's, yeah. that's football. And you're like, 15 and two? It's like you go 13 and four, you have some devastating losses at that night. Right. It's not going to like if they could lose one of these last three in the grand scheme, you'd shrug it off, but it wouldn't feel good in that moment, depending on how it looks. To me, the only game that's loss worthy is the last game. If they want to, you know, throw some guys. What? Josh Johnson? Well, I'm just yeah, I'm just saying like rest some guys. I don't think that would be crazy. Right. Start. Do you have Trent Williams? Bosa doesn't play. Well, I'm just saying it would depend on the seating. Right, like if the game didn't matter, if I told you the game didn't matter, would you play Brock Purdy? Would no. you play Trent Williams? No. Would you play Nick Bosa? No. Would you play George Kittle? No. Would you play Brandon Ayuk? No. Would you play McGlinchey? Nope. Yes. Well, you, you have to. I wouldn't play. Ju- I wouldn't play Juice. I mean, several DBs I wouldn't play. Like Ambry's getting that start. I would run the same play over and over. It'd be a, it'd be the biggest joke game. Like, just go air. Every single person game. watching this and listening to this. You'd be so you'd be like by the third series, you'd be like this is I can't, I don't know if I can watch, but that would be my I'd be like, I'm gonna run the same play over and over and over again, right? Which Kyle, I mean, Kyle's down for that. It's a run play, just which you're run. which you're allowed to do if like you're the three seed, so you know, it's, that, that play is a run play, FYI. Well, yeah, it's just like, well, this is the same play I run no matter what. So it's you mean the toss sweep? Yeah, I love I've it. I've seen this game before. <laughs> Um. Anything else on the game Thursday night playoffs? I think that was really impressive how they came out swinging. Like I, I expected them to win. I was actually really confident. Like I was like, I think the 49ers are going to win. I didn't think they were just going to show up and be like bullies from the start well, on a short week. I honestly thought their first series they went three and out, and I was like, eh, completed two balls. Like 
I thought the first series for having to punt after three plays, I was like, yeah, Brock looks pretty comfortable. I'm not too worried about it. I thought this, I thought the pass on third down to McCaffrey that he got stopped like at the yeah. inch line was like pretty impressive. Was I was like, like oh. all right, punt, whatever. I the second I saw their defense getting after Geno, I just thought it was pretty clear. Like, all right, this is Seahawks are going to have a this is going to be a tough one tonight. So I felt good about him. Maybe if you flip flop quarterbacks, do the Niners easily win this game with Geno Smith? You know, I mean, I, tonight was the first night that Brock, he hasn't had that many games to play, but he didn't miss some throws that were there today. Now, he hit the wide-ass open. He hit those plays in stride. His first incompletion was that throw to McCaffrey that I, I'm i not sure if there was a miscommunication or what exactly happened. Where McCaffrey kind of smoked the linebacker. Yeah, out in the left flat. Yeah. And the ball was nowhere near. And then the next, that was second down, and the third down was the play with Ayuk to the other sideline. Um. So I don't know. I mean, I I I thought it was an interesting box score, and in that he he made some just really fluid on the run. The the play they had multiple penalties where he fell down, got up, threw across his body on the run, complete for a first down, didn't count, was pretty incredible. <laughs> so I thought he looked. Re- I thought he looked pretty damn good. I better than the box score. I mean, but to say that Gino couldn't have won if you flipped him, he probably could have. I you know. Just because their defense was, you know, imagine Purdy dealing with the pressure the Niners put on Gino. The Niners put a ton of pressure on Gino. I, I, I mean, you're sitting here after going three and four. You win the division. You've won seven straight games. Seattle. I, we talked about this the other day. They, I think, they still have a bright future, right? They got some sweet picks coming. The, the, their GM, I think, is good. Quarterback though is very unsettled. The other two teams are. I mean, one team, their fucking GM is on absent leave health issue as you text me probably never coming back i would be our i mean i think there's a decent chance he's yeah. never the head on show again coach could get fired their starting quarterback is a torn acl i saw someone tweet is mcveigh quiet quitting <laughs> the great resignation <laughs> he's a quiet quitter so it's like and those were actually the two better teams in seattle last year <laughs> when all three of you made the team it's now things in the NFL change so fast, so you never know. But it's it's pretty crazy where we're sitting here. If you put odds on opening day starters in the NFC West at quarterback for 2023, who would have the best odds right now? It, well, Kyler's out. It'd be either. Would it be Brock ahead of Stafford? Or am I putting too much stock in what Lombardi? Michael well, could Lombardi he be quiet quitting too? Could be. Made a lot of money. Now he also got ninety three million dollars coming to him if he keeps playing. Well, do you do you, do you think McVay and Stafford are their coach and their quarterback next year? I kind of do. If not, that's an enormous story. If you check your phone and Sean McVay has quit, right? And that's even though we've talked about it before, that's insane. If you read yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. yes. Stafford retiring is not. I would say McVay quitting is probably crazier than Stafford retiring. I think McVay quitting would be one of the, like, that really just happened? Yeah. He quit? But people kind of talk about it like it's on the table. Yeah. He it's does been, not have children, guys. a lot of he, smoke there. He's fucking 36. He just got married. He's like, I got a family time. You don't even have kids. What do some of these older coaches think? Like, what is, like, just the average? Like, Pete Carroll's fucking 70. Like, Sean, doesn't matter Jesus what they Christ, think. He's got a ring and he's rich. What is he? He doesn't care what they think. Well, I know, but... <laughs> I don't want him to leave. I know. I neither do I. 
I'd rather him play every Sunday than be on TV broadcasting. Yeah, like you can I, get rid. I, you can get rid of Cliff. I, I, to me, Pete and McVeigh add to my juice. I like yeah, those. Kyle versus McVeigh is is also part of it. And right? I thought Pete tonight was like, this shit meant a lot to him this season. Like Pete, Pete's fucking been into this thing. Um, and I think the odds are that Geno's their opening day starter next year. But I mean, they could draft a guy who just becomes their starter. When they've and they've proven it before, like they'll start the guy if he's better. Uh, Steve Kime is who John was referring to. That's away from the team, the GM of the of the uh, Cardinals. Health health issues. health absence, but HIPAA right. Team was like HIPAA. Oh, did they? Our, we, well, they're like you know rules and regulations. We're not allowed to say it's like yeah. We're, well, it's like is he sick? Like is he okay? It's kind of the whole thing was a little weird. Mm. I thought the way mm. they. I think I saw Schefter tweeted out. I just thought it a little shady. A little questionable. Yeah, just given everything that's happening, guy. They've had a their running back coach beat up a girl at a store. Their offensive line coach hit a woman in Mexico, did something weird in Mexico, got Harassed fired on the spot. Man. Their their quarterback tears his ACL, and then two days later, their general manager is out for health issues for the foreseeable future. Like, that's that's a weird... Was it last offseason he had a DUI, or was that a few years ago? It's a couple years ago. Saturday football, Colts, Vikings, Ravens, Browns, Dolphins, Bills. 11th... Uh, let me get this right here. Oh, I won't get it right. I'm just guessing. There's an 1130 to 1230. I think 1130 Fresno State, Washington State from SoFi Stadium this Saturday. Both 1130 a.m.? Yeah. For I think I think that's the 1130. There's also a 1230, I think, Allegiant Stadium, Florida, Oregon State. But uh, uh, the, the Bulls, the Bulls all start on Saturday. Hot take. I, I'm, I wish you just started those games on Monday. Like you if the NFL, weekend. well, if the NFL is playing on Saturday, just I would rather just like eleven thirty Monday we NFL games this Saturday. Well, because Roger fucking you see, they see open real estate like the moment that Army Navy game finishes, like next Saturday it's our time. Yeah, whatever. I'm not gonna. You know, it's I'm not, not like either. I'm, Do you fine. agree though? Wouldn't you just rather turn up Tuesday? It's like Oregon State, Florida, at like eleven a.m. Like fuck yeah. Yeah, let's replace the World Cup. I'm gonna miss the World Cup when it's gone on Tuesdays even though I didn't watch Tuesday or Wednesday. But, you know, just knowing it was there if I needed it was nice. Yeah. Uh, you like the dogs, don't you? I love the dogs. Oregon, uh, Washington State lost both its coordinators. You that's, like... That's critical, it, I think. Is is Oregon State a 10-point favorite against the Florida Gators? Probably. I mean, <laughs> Florida's 6-6 six and six and their quarterback left. I did hear the backup is an Ohio State transfer. I'm sure, he might be better. I mean, yeah, I think they hated that guy. I think they told that guy like either transfer, or go pro. Like you're not going to stay here anymore. I don't think they were that big on Anthony Richardson. Uh, Sunday games: Eagles, Bears, eh, Chiefs, Texans, eh, Jets, Lions. That's a good one. Cowboys, Jags, Cardinals, Broncos, Pats, Raiders. That's I'm I'm paying attention to that one. If you if, if they wanted to flex that one into well, no. Sunday night is this one flexed out of Sunday night already. That was yeah. The, I've seen the previews that like the the uh, I like know. the yeah the advertisement for it makes it seem cool. It's like it's the it's the Giants and football team. No one cares. I mean, people do care. They got big fan bases, but the game sucks. Titans Chargers one of those games that you just got to convince yourself it does matter because it actually does matter. Well, guy, do you know that the the Jags if the Titans lose that game control their own destiny? 
<laughs> I did not know that. The, I think the, ja- the Jags play the Titans next week at home. They could technically finish nine and eight. Uh, okay, the Florida Oregon State game that's at eleven thirty. Fresno State was at twelve thirty. There's We're, North Texas Boise. I'm just looking at the Saturday. We got we got a Monday. There is a Tuesday. Liberty Toledo. Okay. So if the dogs would have lost to Boise State. They would have played North Texas. The Mountain West gets such shitty bowl games. Yeah, they get terrible bowl games. Yeah, I mean, God, what the fuck? Stag Bowl tomorrow on this Mount Union going for another D3 title, playing the Naval Academy, 7 p.m. Have you seen the stats on that incarnate word quarterback? He's got like 75 touchdowns. They play, I think they play North Dakota State tomorrow. Maybe that's Saturday. Championship game? Uh, Semifinals. Semifinals. Okay. It's there. I saw a lot of snow on the ground, North Dakota, but they play indoors, right? Uh, I think so. They play in like airborne hangar. Or is that Idaho? Idaho definitely did, but I feel like North Dakota State does too. Oh, they definitely do. I watched all the, we watched all the tray tape. Yeah, they play in a hair. Yeah, they play inside. Hashtag film study. Remember, well, the, I mean, uh, it's, it's much easier to watch like Alabama or LSU or Ohio State. You know, Thunderseed. Remember Thunderseed, their big sponsor. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd rather just watch a guy from USC. Uh, all right. Anything else tonight? What a run! Subluxation you know? for uh, Steph Curry, Carlos Rodon, one hundred sixty-two million Yankees. Six years, yeah. I'm excited yeah. about that. I watched a lot of the Yankees. They needed a pitcher. Well, you see Buster only tweeted like Yankee, the, like sniff sniffing around a huge trade. Shohei Otani, you think? For who? Yankees? Well, just like the Yankees are cooking something big, oh, not I mean, yeah, separate Ota- from him. Angels should trade Otani. He's not going to come. I don't think he's going to resign with them after this year. If the Yankees landed Otani, would they be the favorites to win it all? With Rodon, Absolutely. Rodon, Judge. And Otani, Garrett Cole, Giants gave a guy that hit twenty six home runs three hundred fifty million. I know he's sweet, but I, I mean, I just googled his numbers. If I just showed like a guy from like the eighties in baseball, like this guy just got three hundred fifty million. Oh, I, I understand he's good; he's the number one overall pick, and he's a high character guy or whatever. Play shortstop, I guess. His numbers know. do not look like three hundred. I don't know if he's million. a high character guy. Play shortstop. That I re- I, re- I read that, or maybe someone texted me that. 26 home runs. I thought he, for some reason, I thought like 39. I know. I know. (laughs) I'm with you. But they got better. Like, what do I care what they paid him? Fifth or fourth highest contract in the history of the sport. Overpaid. Now, it's always relative, but did you know that he didn't hit? Like, I don't know. I just thought he was like, I did because the other day, the other night, you were texting me asking about Xander Bogarts and him. So I was like, ah. I don't know. Let me look at their numbers. And they're actually kind of similar. Um, but I didn't watch Carlos Correa swing the bat once this year as a Minnesota twin. How so much money does Xander Bogus get? Uh, the Padres paid him. They oh, paid like him 280. More. I thought it was like 280, right? 260 or something. Was it 11 years? Was that what his contract was? Why I looked, I was like, "Oh, Carlos Correa last year with the Twins signed a one or a three year, hundred million dollar contract, but it was like opt out after one year." Yeah, it was the opt out. <laughs> that was the only way you can sign. So it was eleven two eighty for Bogarts. 
280 is a lot different than 350. Yeah, take Xander Bogarts for 280. Again, not my money. Everyone's like, not my money. I love it when people are like, not my money. Little overpaid, but I'm glad he's on the team. Well, yeah, part of the way we talk about sports, like, you have to manage the budget. (laughs) Does this this add up? Yeah, but you also just need players that are, you need good players. You got to get some good players. He's 28. Jamal, curious your thoughts on Will Levis, still a raw prospect, but I think he has all the measurables and if given time, could realize his potential. Best case scenario is a Hertz type environment. I think uh, my guess no. is I think he goes to Seattle. That would be a Hertz type environment. I think Seattle's going to like him. I mean, John Schneider loves Josh Allen. I think he's got some of that. I could also see Dan Campbell. What if the what if Jared Goff plays well this week and like they make the playoffs or they go nine and eight and like couldn't you just build your team around and just have him as a quarterback? You could, but I think what you do, unless you're convinced he's the guy, if you like one of the quarterbacks, and right now the Lions are drafting fourth, if you really do legitimately like one of those guys, I think you take him. And you go, eh, he can be Jared's backup for a year, if that's what it comes to. Right now, Houston is one, Seattle is two, Chicago is three, Detroit is four, Philly is five. Do you know what Jared Goff's career earnings are? One thirty, uh, yeah, one thirty. I'm gonna say one thirty. Yeah, one thirty-five. Good guess. On the hook next year for twenty-five million. I uh, yeah, I would draft if you really. To me, it's just simple. It's like if you really like one of these guys, I would take them. Now, if, don't be desperate. But they actually are in a pretty good position. Twenty-five million, they can cut them for dead cap ten. Then the following year, twenty-six million, cut them for five million dead cap. Like they, they're actually in a good position to do what you said. Or if, like, you know, we'll just roll it out another year, see what happens. Trade? Could you trade him for a fourth? Kind of yeah. resurrected him. Do you know that his stats are like Kirk Cousins and him, him parallel each other? Do you know what Jared Goff's numbers are this year? Well, I saw the other day, like, he's there was some stat where he was, like, one of the top three passers in the league. 65%, 22 touchdowns, seven picks, with a passer rating of basically 100, which I don't really know what it means, but I know it's solid. <laughs> But I, I saw, I heard someone talking. They're like, if you put his numbers this year against Kirk Cousins, who I would say everyone and their mother would say Kirk Cousins is a way better player than Jared Goff. Jared Goff has better numbers than Cousins this year. It's funny, man. I, I, it's, it's my own brain. Maybe everyone else suffers from this too. Every time I flip the Vikings on, I'm like, man, you know, Kirk is playing well. I watch him. I go, oh yeah, that's what it looks like. Every single time. I'm glad I don't have to watch him. <laughs> He made one play last week. If it turned out to an incredible, the Niners. One thing it is, he kept Kirk Cousins off the team. Sorry, he made one play last week. I agree. I find Jimmy more watchable. He threw one ball up just like a prayer, and it ends up in Justin Jefferson's fucking belly, and he takes another thirty yards. But it was like that was the luckiest play I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm with you. Well, 49ers swept the Seahawks this regular season. Last time that happened. Jim Harbaugh's first season, 2011. Mm. How about that? I saw some other stat. Five and zero in the division for the first time in uh, ever. I think is that possible? Potentially, sounds right. <laughs> Feels right. Feels good. Well, they will think about. It. They were always losing a game to Seattle. Yeah, or two. There was a few years there where they were losing two games a year to Seattle. 
Arians always play. Arians four played a stretch, I think, where they were losing <laughs> two games a year to Seattle. Well, remember Russell's record was like eighteen yeah, two. <laughs> so crazy. That was a, that, that divorce benefited a lot of people. Pete, the Niners, <laughs> not Russ, but kind of Russ. He got rich. He got a house with a bunch of bathrooms and two bedrooms. <laughs> Everyone hates him, and everyone talks shit about him. No, half his teammates came to his birthday party. It's true. He did launch a podcast at the worst time in his career, though. I heard that. It's for free on Audible, which I don't think is a great sign. I mean, this podcast is free, but (laughs) not on Audible, where you usually have to pay for stuff. Oh, is Audible the book? Yeah. One? Yeah. I don't think it's a good sign when your stuff's free on Audible. Although maybe all their podcasts are free. I don't know. They're trying to pivot to podcasts. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think sure. I've really fucked with Audible. Boy, I've, yeah, I've, I've fucked with Audible because I've got a subscription. I just, I can't download enough books to cancel it. <laughs> I'm stuck. Do you listen to a lot of books on tape from Audible? Mm, I have several of them on my phone, but that's how I listen to the Belichick book. That's separate from like the books app to say books. Is that the Audible app? Yeah, or does it say, well, does no. it say Audible. It says Audible. Okay. Yeah, I, I go to books. And would w- you download audiobooks and they play there? Yeah. Where do you download them from? Uh, books. It just says books. And then you click on it, you can just search. Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, because see, oh, oh, that's great. So it's not a subscription. No, I don't pay anything. Yeah, yeah. I've done some of that. Too. I, it, it might just be the iTunes Apple yeah, app. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, that's the way yeah. to do it. Pay, you just pay. Like now, a book yeah, you pay if you get like whatever. whatever. Audible is like 15 bucks a month and you get one credit. So you basically pay 15 bucks for a book. But the problem is, you know, I'm stuck. I got to if I cancel, I lose all the books, all the not the books, the credits. And so I got to find eight books to download here. So people send me your book recommendations because I need to download a bunch of books and then stop this fucking auto yeah, sometimes like I'll see a book and I'm like, I'll, re- you know, I'll get it. And then it'll be like David Goggins yelling at you. It's like, I don't really want to listen to this. And then you listen to something else. You're like, this is a little too nuts and bolts business book. You know, you try to expand your horizons totally. and you're like, I can't even like it's they're harder to listen to on a podcast because they take a long time. Sometimes, it, you know, it's just it's like, a challenge. It's download a challenge. Sherlock Holmes. Like you just there's something oh, like that, you know? Yeah, I would. I would gladly do something like that. But again, I've tried that one when then it doesn't. I mean, I haven't actually done Sherlock Holmes, but something like that just to kind of podcast. Yeah, I know. I agree. Podcast maybe a murder, it's like a murder podcast, maybe. You know? Well, the serial, isn't that? Yeah, do serial. Not a bad idea. Hayden, is this true? Hayden says McCaffrey was seen in a walking boot after the game. Wouldn't totally shock me given that he wasn't. Well, it was very weird that. Seen by who? Now that I've said that, we have to like verify it before we leave the show. Well, he's walking fine when they handed him the phone after the game. Yeah, tough way to end. Hey, Hayden, can you give us more details on that? Is the uh, ham ham? Uh, we're like Bleacher Report. We just we you know like old Bleacher Report where they just let anybody be a reporter. Could you get me uh, give me some details there, Hayden, before we amplify you? I don't. I don't think that's true. Because Christian McCaffrey walked up to the podium and talked to everybody. So when they well, he wouldn't have done that in a boot. No, because Christian McCaffrey on Jordan Mason said that I call him Mariano Rivera. Yeah. Seen by who? He could just be joking. Probably some Timberlands. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's fine. 
Well, not totally, because Kyle might kill him, but he'll be in a boot eventually. Uh, what a night. Can't believe it, John. How long did it take you to make? Longer than it should have. <laughs> I'm not exactly a Photoshop expert. I wouldn't even know how to even begin to make that. It's impressive, though. I give you credit. <laughs> All right. So we're going to end this believing that Christian McCaffrey did not leave in a boot and that that was fake news. Yeah, he, he, I don't think he did. Hayden's just a liar, just a straight up liar. Just, Ga- you know, gas lamp- lamped us is doing what we've always said that we would do. Is you just <laughs> fuck with people. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. No, no DUIs tomorrow morning. Uh, yeah, everyone <laughs> everyone celebrate safe. Uh thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Pretty legend of the making. Is that Probably. a shot at Farhan? Yeah, it was. He just he gave three hundred and fifty million dollars to a guy who hit twenty six home runs. <laughs> Which I would imagine he's like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I'm getting pressured. Well, <laughs> that might have been yeah, ownership might have stepped in on that one. Usually is that when, I think when you pay, does that feel like a far on? (laughs) No, I think when you pay somebody three hundred fifty million dollars, I mean, look, the Yankees re-signed a guy coming off one of the greatest seasons in baseball history, and it happened because he got on the phone with the owner. I think when you get into those numbers, that's the. I I think it's a pretty safe bet when you start setting those kind of numbers. It's the owner signing guys. Easier though to be behind signing your own guy that you drafted, right? Yeah, because yeah. then Brian Cashman draft Aaron Judge. Uh, Corey, who sent us the uh, nude photo, says he's in Pittsburgh, PA, Pittsburgh, not Barrier, Pittsburgh. Uh, I, he said straight Tito's on the rocks tonight for me. We can tell. Because <laughs> I said, bro, what if the kids come out? Because he's got like, if I'm not going to show the photo again, I don't want to strike, but. You know, it, he clearly has. There's like three little stockings right there, and there's like a little little kid bouncy well, toy. Guy, it's Pittsburgh. It's like two, and they're well asleep. Well, I know, but you just, you know, Dad, why are you out here naked? Because well, the Niners clinched the West. <laughs> Dad, you don't look like BCB. Well, you, you get to you get to run into all your Pittsburgh Steeler friends tomorrow when they're not going to sniff the playoffs, and you'll be hosting playoff games. Oh, they got a big game coming up with the Raiders, John. I can't wait for that one. All right, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they said we could keep going. We could hour three. I'm Um, exhausted. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Later. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.